Yes, sir. It's time to crank up the big, the bot, and the boom shakalakas, baby. I am the captain. We are the sports brew. And we have crossed out another excellent weekend of football. And the reason I sound peppy and slightly happy is because the Redskins got off of the full buttsuck express train and actually showed up semi-decently and finished out a game with a win. It is unbelievable. The difference between 0-2 and 0-3 is pretty big, right? I was super thinking it was going to be 0-3 train going up there to the Meadowlands. So I will take 2-1, 1-2, and a single freaking victory out of that damn team. Plus, they get the Browns next. So, <laughs> other than Terrell Pryor, maybe making everybody their bitch. Don't hit people in the head with the football, sir. Just as a heads up, okay? You know, pro tip. I will take that victory. I was super worried about the Redskins going up to the Meadowlands. I loved that. I know Mark didn't love that. I loved that. I'll take the glory hole. Wait a second. I'll Wait, take the you W. Like you know what? Kirk Cousins took the glory hole. Like yeah, he liked that. Unbelievable, dude. Unbelievable. I was totally feeling suck train at 0-2, and, and they somehow pulled that out of their earth in spite of injuries, in spite of, in spite of trading touchdowns for field goals earlier in that game. They figured a way out. Unbelievable. <laughs> Thank you <laughs> for the birthday weekend football delivery. <laughs> I appreciate that. Football gods. <laughs> anyway, that may be the happiest I am with the Redskins game for the duration of the season. And you know what? That's okay. It was my birthday weekend. Totally worth it. Enough about that junk. I guess we need to go ahead and get him in here, man. That's right. A little, you know, a little DSAT woo time. A little free brew and fun time. A little DSAT getting ready to go to Vegas time. Oh, my God, dude. You're rolling deep again. Yeah, buddy. It's beautiful. The beauty of the bachelor party in Vegas is finally here. We'll be, be heading out there uh, early Friday morning. Stairs through, through Monday, come back Tuesday. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. You're going to be good, man. I know you're going to enjoy it, and I'm sure you will have some shenanigans. But before you hit that plane, before you hit that ground out in Vegas, and whatever decked out, tricked out hotel room is awaiting you and your crew, you know I'd love to be there, man. You know that. Didn't work Absolutely. out this time, but not unless I'm on like a secret express to it. <laughs> Nobody knows about it yet, you know, but it's going to be an excellent time, man. I wish you the best. Have a good time. Please come back with all of your appendages intact, okay? But Absolutely. <laughs> gets ready. You ready to hit your cue, brother? Always. All right. Three brew and fun. Here you go, baby. Woo! <laughs> you know what's funny is like normally I have a slider and I'll, I'll jump into that point of the song, but we chit chatted so much while that thing was just playing in the background I got there <laughs> without having to move anything. So whatever, that's okay. Good freaking enough, man. Uh, we'll talk more about uh, D Stat and his Vegas bachelor party. I'm sure we'll reference it over the course of the podcast. Uh, hopefully, I have some fun bets he can lay down while he's out there. And uh, incidentally, I still love the idea of the of the Raiders. Moving to Vegas, I think it. Would, oh, yeah. I think it would be great, dude. I think it would be absolutely fantastic. They can't get that thing worked out with the stadium and all that crap where they're currently at, dude. Ship them to Vegas, dude. The Las Vegas Raiders, Sin City Raiders, the whole thing. Oh, it just, goodness. it just, it sounds perfect. You know what I mean? Maybe it's not an ideal football town, but that team, that town, I think that would be great. I would love it, and I hope they get that done. Really do. Anywho, you heard him. You heard him talk for a second. Let's go ahead and get this man up in here. That's right, the one and only Shannon, the Twitter Terminator McGuffin, brother. What's up, man? Man, I have breaking news. Uh oh. Do you? 
Yep, the Chiefs defense intercepted Ryan Fitzpatrick again. But they are who we thought they were. <laughs> not one, not two, three, not four, <laughs> not five, six. six. Dude, that's when you just should have, yeah, you know, like, that, it's just not your day. No. I mean, there were a couple of really fantastic defensive performances. Uh, the Vikings, for one, against Man. the Panthers, ridiculous. And then, obviously, what the Chiefs did to Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Jets, just completely ridiculous. And, uh, you know, you have to give – when a team plays defensive ball like that and get after people like that, you can talk about the mistakes, Aaron throws, tip, bad – whatever, dude. They had a game plan, and they whooped some ass. You know what I mean? Massive kudos – to the Vikings for what they did, because I didn't expect them to go down there and win that game. Massive kudos to the Chiefs for what they did. I think they had, if I remember correctly, eight turnovers in that game for the Jets. Eight total, yes. Eight eight total turnovers in that game for the Jets, which is obscene. And uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, yeah, six six picks. That's terrible, bruh. And uh, Lord knows we'll touch on that game at some point over the course of the evening. But that, that was awful. Who was calling plays in his headset? Chewbacca? (laughs) 31-22, pick left, right. Why banana split? <laughs> well, I mean, Fitzpatrick with that beard does look like Chewbacca, but... <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, man. Check out the big brain on Brad. Well, Brad better call some players for Ryan freaking Fitzpatrick, man. Right. Stop it! Yeah, six picks, but man. But you know what's even more surprising? What? Ice tea at a lemonade stand. I like that commercial, by the way. I did too. I like that commercial. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. But it does make me laugh. It does. Yes. You know. Let's get everybody else in here real quick. Uh, and we'll just get on, on to business. We're doing a, a little bit of a, uh, I don't know that we'll call it a Wasted Wednesday, but it is a midweek special for the brew. Uh, we had to uh, pound one out. Yeah. Pound one out for old D-Stat, man. <laughs> had to get in there and bang that thing out like a champ because uh, we got to pack this dude up and send him off to Vegas. Muy importante. So we had to go ahead and uh, you know pound one in real quick. So, anywho, let's see. Randy. Oh, here you go. I'll give you a song that has a whole bunch more bite and fight than the uh, 49ers did against the Seahawks this past weekend, bro. Whew. Good Lord. Sorry, man. I didn't even want to think about that. But the thing is, is I wasn't expecting much out of that game. Oh, I'm glad you weren't because you sure as hell didn't get it. <laughs> no, I mean, the only thing good I got about out that is uh, getting good points out of Carlos Hyde for garbage time touchdowns. Yeah, that was gar- about it. That's your, the fantasy redemption of garbage time. Yay, that's the world we live in now, isn't it? We're like, well, oh, yeah. you know, that game sucked. But you know what? I got some fantasy points out of it. Thank you, Garbage Time. It's so, it's cra- the it's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. That's so today. It's so today. Oh, let's see. Whitfield, what does he get? Hmm. I could give him a song that he actually wants, but what's the fun? Like, what's the fun in that, right? Like, I find it much more satisfying to give him, like, really random crap that he doesn't actually want. Oh, no. I think this is better. There we go. Let's bring Whitfield to <laughs> some Shania Twain. <laughs> Man, I feel like a fail horn. Yeah. I kind of like that. I kind of like that, man. Yeah, I probably do. Oh, my God. Anyway, no, we got the, we got the fail horn in here, man. We got the fail fail horn up in this piece, bro. You know, we were given uh, we were all over the Packers in the last podcast, and I will tell you what, their their offense sure as hell balled out uh, early on in that game. 
And then, uh, I don't know, man, Marvin Jones, brother, great day. That dude, what did he have, like six receptions, 200-plus yards, and a 73-yard bomb at the end of the first half? Yeah. Holy moly, I can't believe the Lions came storming back into that game, dude. That was nuts. But uh, I'm glad to see the uh, Green Bay offense finally get rolling a little bit. Uh, now, can they work on the defense a little bit there? Hey, that's the truth. Just saying, man, you can't, I mean, really. Well, that's... wasn't Clay out for that game, Matt? Yeah, Clay was out. And um, Sam Shields was out. That's that tough, is, but that's man, tough they they danced a pretty that, that that's a tough one, man. They they came uh, very close to giving that one away. I'm glad that Rogers scrambled at the end to kind of seal the deal on it. But dude, what were they up like? Uh, was it 31 to three or 34 to three or something? 31 to three. 31 to three, and they let the Lions all the way back in that game, man. Well, pretty much that's... all they did was just start running the ball to kill, kill clock, and every time they get the ball back, they would score. <laughs> Sometimes it's old hang on to your butts. That's what that one was. So glad they came out of there with a win. Uh, actually, you know, the other week we did uh, like, what do we learn from the sports world this past week? And I think that's a good one. I think we're gonna, I think we're gonna have to bring that up like every week. We ought to have like a what did I learn, you know, uh, or like, you know, what was that thing with NBC? Like, how much do you know? Or the more you know, the, yeah, the yeah. The more you, know. you, the more you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think the, you know, what did we learn? Let me find a more you know video. That's what we need. Do, we learned do, Odell do, Beckham do. Jr. likes to fight with kicker's nets. That was still one of the, the, the best football highlights that didn't involve a football play that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that crap was hilarious. And, you know, you know Beckham's a beast, dude. This is, not, this is not take away from how brilliantly gifted that man is because he is a phenomenal competitor. But when, when, he, when it gets away from him like that, I mean, it's just I mean, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. So, yeah, there you go. The more I found one. There it is. What, there what, what did we learn this week? And I'll remember to keep that queued up so we can bounce back to that. Muy importante. Muy importante. So uh, we'll, we'll bring that segment back up. And obviously we'll dance around the NFL. So we don't forget about doing it. Let's go ahead and knock our salute clock out. Okay? Yes. So, A, I want to thank the Redskins, obviously, for giving me some degree of entertainment and uh, football enjoyment. Actually, you know, technically speaking, man, it was a good weekend for me, right? The Packers won. The Redskins won. I heard nary a word of anything from any of my friends that are Giants fans. I mean, I heard nothing out of you guys. That was the quietest I think it's ever been. <laughs> Look, and I know that's I know that's kind of an odd thing for me to say, but man, I've been on I have been up in that stadium for some bad Redskins losses. You get what I'm saying? I've been up there for some Redskins wins, but they they haven't. If I remember correctly, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think the Redskins have won in the Meadowlands since 2011. Uh, it sounds great. You know what I mean? So it's 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 been a little while. And I've been on, you know, I remember there were times we were hanging out as like a crew of people, and it was Redskins, Giants, and it was one big bag of flaming dog poop. You know what I mean? <laughs> and and the Redskins were just on the receiving end of like a, just a whooping, dude. I've seen some really, really ugly games. So for my birthday weekend, it was uber satisfying. And don't get me wrong, at the beginning of that game, I was like, the Redskins are going to blow this thing. And this person's hurt. That person's hurt. <laughs> Poop train. Here it comes. But salute o'clock. So I've got my uh, Hunter Proof Captain and Coke. I'm not on the beer train at the moment. Depending on how the podcast goes, I may, you know, pop the top on a beer just for good measure. Uh, but at the moment, you know, a little Captain and Coke uh, does a body good. <laughs> Shannon, what you got, brother? I'm rocking the Kentucky Pumpkin Barrel Ale tonight. Uh, yeah, you know, I want a 12 pack. Of the of that apparently, who said it was that Mark that said that? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, thanks. If you've already had your one pumpkin. For yeah, the I've, I've had my one pumpkin beer for the year, I think. I might be remembering last year, and I just don't want one this year. <laughs> it's entirely possible. No, I would be willing to share one. I'll be willing to share one. Well, that's good. That sounds like a tasty beer for people that do like the pumpkin beers. It's, it's excellent. Yeah. I still think excellent. I still think by the time you reach pumpkin Cheerios, you've oversaturated the market with that's just with pump, yeah. On a West Macaroni on uh, nine ten, one of the local shows here in Richmond, uh, was talking about how good they actually were. I, I'm just like I just don't know that I can do that. You know what I mean? Like milk I mean, and pu- milk and pumpkin sounds freaking barftacular. Milk and pumpkin a- sounds so disgusting. Like that to me is like Carson Palmer versus the Bills. That's right. That's like the Ryan Fitzpatrick again. You know what I mean? That's the six. That's the six pick taint of cereal, right? <laughs> like it just pumpkin Cheerios and milk. It just sounds like it. Like I would want to purge, right? I would. I would want to vomit. That's what that sounds like to me. I'm not are feeling. we going on PSA? I, it's not a PSA, um, it, but it may be a POS. You know, you get what I'm saying? <laughs> like I think that's. That's just not. Like I'm not feeling that pumpkin. Che- I'm not feeling that. I'm not either. No. There's a line, and it's been crossed. That that has absolutely, absolutely crossed it. Mark, what you drinking, man? I'm enjoying a delicious flying fish extra pale ale. Who brews that? I don't know that I'm familiar with that one. Um, I mean, I think I think <laughs> Flying Fish is a brewer. Okay. Yeah, Flying Flying Fish Brewing Company. Hey, show me the label. I know it's not relevant to my listening to the podcast, but now I'm kind of curious. Where are they out of? Uh, let me find out. Flying, um, flying fish IPA. Well, here's the question. Is it good? Or are we glossing this thing up and it's like... No, good? no. It's, it's delicious. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll get back to you on the... That's, that's all. It, it was probably written on the label, you know, on the back. <laughs> can I you, I mean, it, I don't can you read? Right now. Can you read? Do you need a pop-up? <laughs> Do you need a new, pop-up new, book? New, new Jersey. Summerdale, New Jersey. New Jersey. Okay. Good. Flying fish... Flying extra fish, pale extra pale ale. By the way, Shannon, that triple IPA that you gave me, yeah, mother have mercy, that is a strong beer. That's nice. a Founders Devil Dancer triple IPA. It's like ten plus percent. I think it might be even be like twelve percent. That beer, that that woo, that beer will light you up, man. Kick the tires, <laughs> light the fires. That's what that beer does. Holy I want, moly! Wanted to get you something strong, brother. Yeah, well, you did. That was a birthday strong beer. Well, that's, uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, Randy, what you got, man? Uh, I'm just uh, enjoying some vodka for the evening with a little orange juice mixed in. There you go. Might as well get some vitamin C with your vitamin exactly. A. Er, alcohol. And <laughs> I do enjoy a good dose of vitamin A. <laughs> 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 vitamin alcohol, baby. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? So stupid. Uh, Matt, what you got, man? Milk. Milk, milk. Chocolate milk, strawberry milk, Nestle Chocolate Quick. Milk. I mean, where where are we going here? Chocolate milk. Chocolate milk. All right. So, uh, enjoy that. Yes, sir. Enjoy that. <laughs> Why don't we out of the gate, man? Out of the gate, because uh, we're going to talk about Redskins and Giants. That's obviously going to happen. I think we have to talk about Eagles, Steelers, because that was ridiculous. Uh, certainly, you know, Cardinals and Bills. I mean, who the hell saw that freaking game coming? And it, there's some other randomness. But does anybody have a really good what I learned this week? Was out of the gate? Is that nothing that should be funny, but just something that was like, yeah, what I learned this week was boom, and you're ready to run? I think yeah. something we all learned this week is that Carson Wentz is legit. Dude, I'm feeling it, man. 
you know i mean it, look it, it's it's super early it's super 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 early but i will readily admit and it i, I told y'all pre-podcast i hate it because he's you know he's an eagles he's a freaking eagles player right um but all kidding aside uh you know watching what doug peterson and just what that franchise has done, what the game plans that Doug Peterson has set up for him, the way that Wentz has played, the way he's looked, some of the throws he's made, um, the sense of he actually looks like he has pocket awareness. He's moved around. I mean, it's just watching that kid play. I'm like, dude, I'm really buying into this guy. Three games, and it's a dangerous thing to do. I mean, RG3 was ridiculous his rookie season. So scheme and momentum, lots of things can make somebody appear great, and then it just you fall off the map. All right, it happens. But I, there's something about that guy. I mean, I really, really, really like Carson Wentz. I like him so much that I – now, that, granted, this is our keeper league. I actually burned my one waiver claim on that dude. No joke. All right? And that's something I normally would never, ever, ever do. But I was, like, absolutely 100% convinced that if I didn't get him because I didn't put a waiver claim in on him, Somebody picked him up in the morning that I was going to hate myself. So at like one thirty in the morning, as I'm going to sleep, I'm like, nah, man, I got to change my way of priority. Forget that Chicago Bears running back. Screw it. <coughs> get me, get me Pennsylvania, man. Get me on the Wentz wagon. I'm rolling. Had to do it. I right can't before you fell asleep, you prayed that I didn't have a request in form. You probably did. I did. Yes. <laughs> See, so it was a good thing. I mean, my first request was going to be the, uh, what was it, the Howard from Chicago. Um, uh, I can't remember his first name at the moment, but the running back from Chicago, which was a, a pretty trendy pickup in fantasy this uh, this week. But, dude, nah, man, I'm feeling, thanks for dropping him, Shannon. Thank you. Did I drop him? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure you had him. You drafted him. Pretty you sure did. you drafted him and you did dropped I? him. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Go look in the keeper league, man. Uh, of course, that's fantasy football, not relevant. Nobody's going to give a crap about our, you know, fantasy league stuff. But the big thing is that, you know, I, I really do think he's legit. And we'll see how it plays out. Again, early yet, what is most relevant is how the Philadelphia Eagles look. I'm going to readily admit to you, coming into this season, dude, I thought the Eagles were going to be flaming piles of dog poop. Look, their defense was not good last year. Uh, Chip Kelly, obviously, th- that didn't work out. Um, Doug Peterson, I remember him as a player. Uh, obviously spent some time with Andy Reid. So I thought it was interesting that a guy that had the ties of Philadelphia that Reid did, you know, a guy that's under him goes to Philadelphia. But Doug Peterson appears to have, you know, a great a great feel for the pulse of the team. The combo of Peterson and, and Schwartz, who I don't particularly care for Schwartz. I think he's an, a bit of an a-hole. And I didn't like some of how the Lions, you know, when that was his team, I, I thought the Lions acted like real punk asses about certain things. I mean, sometimes um, you need an a-hole as a defensive coordinator. But, well, here's the thing, man. There are people that just, for whatever reason, they don't hack it as a head coach. I mean, the, one of the easiest classic examples is always North Turner. You know what I mean? Who just time, time after time after time after time, just it just didn't work as a, as a head coach. But he's a Steve very Spag good coordinator. Or Spags, maybe. I mean, I mean, some people would make that that argument. But Schwartz, I think, is a really good, a really good defensive coordinator, and I think the kind of defense that he likes to scheme and run fits Philadelphia really well. You know, like I'll be when I think of the Eagles, you know what I like the Eagles to be aggressive. You know what I mean? I want an aggressive. And again, I'm not an Eagles fan, right? And I can't believe we're gonna, we're we're really leading the podcast talking about Philadelphia and the Eagles. So uh, Piskorowski, I guess this one's for you. But 
to me, when I think of the Eagles' defense, I think of aggressiveness, sacks, blitzes. I want an aggressive defense. When they when they weren't that style, it just didn't feel like it fit the city. It didn't fit their identity. You know what I mean? Like the Steelers have a certain identity with the team, and you expect the defense to live up to that, right? It's just a certain legacy. And the the Eagles, to me, I want an aggressive defense out of them. I want them to blitz. I don't want the line just sitting back. I want I want the, I want that whole team going after people. <laughs> you know, it just feels like that's the way it should be. So the attitude, the mentality, and the way that Schwartz is schemed, um, I think is is where it should be. So that part I like. Uh, what Peterson has done with the offense, man, a plus for game planning, play calling, um, and kudos to Malcolm Jenkins. By the way, that dude was freaking everywhere against the Steelers. Freaking everywhere on defense against the Steelers, man. Um, side note, in case you guys didn't realize this, okay, this is kind of like oddball info, but that was the Steelers' largest loss since week two of 1989. Wow. That's a long yeah. time, brother. Okay? That is, <laughs> not only <laughs> do you have to go back to 89 for a loss like that, all right, that is the Steelers' first 30-point loss since 1997. Yes, Dang. 1997. That is 305 straight games, which incidentally was one shy of the NFL record, which was set by the Bears from like, I don't know, 1929 to 1955. Okay. That's a pretty phenomenal streak to bust. Okay. Wow. Part of that tells you how good the Steelers are consistently. And obviously, a, a 30 point loss is a pretty big deal. All right. That game finished up 34 to 3, but when you watch the highlights, when you watch. You know, I didn't get to see the whole game live, obviously. But watching that stuff, man, I mean, they were all over the Steelers, bro. They were all over them. And I, I, don't, and I really don't know how to explain it. I mean, I know Lindy, obviously a resident Pats fan. Um, we've talked a bit about the Steelers before in the, in the sense of the podcast. And it's like, you know, I feel like this is an AFC championship level team. This is a Super Bowl caliber. You know, they should be in the mix for that out of the AFC. They sure as hell didn't look like it against the damn Eagles, bro. Nope. They look like a big steaming pile of dog. Apparently, I'm on steaming piles of dog poop tonight. I don't know why. I feel like I've said steaming piles like four or five times. Um, well, bro, it is raining really hard outside, so maybe Blue had to, you know, drop Blue, a deuce Blue's actually in, the house. in here with me. Yeah. Which is weird. Typically, she's not. You know, but, but with this game, man, with this game, and I think we can have a convo about Wentz, uh, but, you know, with this game in particular. Once you get to the second quarter and the Eagles just start kind of going, Wentz hits Jordan Matthews for a 12-yard touchdown. It's 10 nothing. You know, there's another one in the third quarter where, you know, it's third and eight. Wentz drops back, scrambles around a little bit, steps up kind of through this, you know, breaking down like pocket deal. And he just – I mean, I thought this was great vision for somebody that's three games into his NFL career, right, to have the sense of the pocket, to move around the way that he did. thought it was great. He just, just lobs one up for Darren Sproles. And, you know, kudos to Darren Sproles, man. Here's a guy I'm thinking is about done – and that guy made that whole Steelers defense look completely stupid and silly. I mean, that was a that's well, it was around seventy yards, man. And he, I mean, he was like going here, and people were moving around. He just cut back. He'd cut this way, cut that way. I mean, he made people look stupid. He made people look downright stupid for a seventy-three yard touchdown. It was twenty to three Eagles, man. You get then you got the Eagles D holding the Steelers on fourth and five, and they go right down the freaking field again, right? Again, dude, and you got like running backs. Somebody knows who the hell who who knew who the hell Wendell Smallwood was, <laughs> right? Nobody I knew didn't. who that. Was. No, you didn't. 
get out of my face with that. <laughs> yeah, actually, I did. <clears throat> if you're but, a dynasty, you know about Windows. Smart. Okay, okay, okay. Dynasty, uh, fair point. Fan- fantasy fell on. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, Twenty-seven to three, whooping in process, man. You know, Wentz finishes twenty-three of thirty-one for three hundred one yards, two touchdowns. Sproles, obviously, a big day. Six receptions, one hundred twenty-eight yards, and a touchdown. Um, but you know, look, the Eagles are doing a time of possession advantage. You know, big time of possession advantage with how they've managed the clock this year. Uh, they were well over 400 yards of offense against the Steelers. Uh, Roethlisberger did not have a great game. Uh, 24 of 44, 257 yards and a pick. Antonio Brown got a lot of receptions and a lot of yardage, but doesn't really amount to much. 12 receptions for a buck 40. And D'Angelo Williams, eight rushes for 21 yards. I mean, you know, eh, whatever, dude. Here's the thing, man. Wentz. And we also have to give kudos to Dak Prescott, who's right behind him. But uh, Wentz has the most career pass attempts without an interception to start the season by a rookie quarterback, like ever, ever in the history of the NFL. That forever, is a he- ever? forever, ever, forever, ever. And he's looked good doing it. He's not like I'm not throwing picks because all I'm doing is handing off. He's not throwing picks, and that dude is throwing the ball and making plays. All right, damn impressive. And again, keep in mind we have keep in context. This is not this is not just, you know, a team that's that looks good on the offensive side of the ball. They look good on both sides of the ball. Man, that Eagles defense has allowed twenty seven points through three games. Uh, they have ten sacks, they got six takeaways. That team, if I remember correctly, has given up zero touchdown passes in three weeks. Zero touchdown passes in three weeks. All right. How many Dean Warmer? Zero point zero. All right. They look legit. They look good. They and do. that's and that's big kudos to Doug Peterson. That's big kudos to Jim Schwartz. And I thought that team was going to be a doormat bag of crap. And they are anything but. Anything but so far this year. So, you know what? I like to joke around about my hate for the Eagles, but that's a hell of a job, man. That's mm. a hell of a job. I'm on the train, dude. I'm on it. Shannon, Mark, you got nothing? Y'all just like sitting there like, yeah, chilling. I'm I'm actually still in shock that the Eagles look this good, to be honest with oh, you. It's crazy. And and honestly, I mean, three teams that are three and zero, I'm in shock of. The Eagles, the Ravens, and the Minnesota Vikings. Dude, Minnesota. What I learned this week, Mike Zimmer is one hell of a coach. We said it last week. You know, I thought Zimmer, we said Zimmer was a great coach. Mm-hmm. But to go on the road to Carolina, give up 10 quick right off the bat uh-huh. and then shut them down the rest of the game, holy cow. You know, the thing that's funny, and I don't know if this is the blueprint, you know, if we're going after uh, Cam Newton and Carolina, but it, it almost seems like, <clears throat> you know, if you can weather the early part of Carolina – like when Cam is kind of fresh in the game, um, as long as you can kind of weather the front end of it, but you can start getting hats on that dude and beat him up. You know, it's like it's what the Broncos did, man. They just started pounding on that guy, right? Mm. And God bless, man. The Vikings, we joke around about football fisticuffs. The, the Vikings were all over Cam freaking Newton. They're pulling him down. They're laying the lumber. Uh, granted, you did have a, a a DL. He wasn't trying to hurt him, but because of the way the way he tackled him, he ends up kind of landing on Cam's foot. Um, and you could tell, you know, Newton's ankle was bugging him, man. Right, like for real. 
But, but he was sacked eight times. He threw three picks, sacked eight times, threw zero touchdowns. Kelvin Benjamin, by the way, 0.0. <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Mm. Funches, nothing. Of course, that's probably par for the course. For fun. I don't think anybody's really threatened by Funches. But Kelvin Benjamin, that dude's a baller. He is. And the Vi- the, the Vikings, shocking. yeah, the Vikings specifically were like, we're taking, we're taking Benjamin away, and they're getting hats all on Cam Newton, dude. But Carolina was strong out of the gate, man. He had a, a big old, he bombed it out to Corey Brown, and he finished that drive off with a three yard quarterback run. That's when it was ten nothing, man. And then the Vikings just started bringing the stuff. Um, one thing, and I, I <laughs> this I think is fair criticism. And I hope you know the play that I'm going to reference. It was late in the first quarter. Cam was in the end zone. And there was – there. I don't know which wide receiver it was, but somebody was open, like, on one side of the field within 10 yards of him. But this dude is in the end zone just ball-hogging it on a play-action thing, looking for, like, the big deep shot. Dude, you are in the end zone, bro. You can't just hang out in the end zone. This is not Make a – Make some space. Dude, you're in the end zone, brother. You either got to get that ball the hell out of there – it's like it's like Kirk Cousins at the end of the first half. You need to learn how to manage this thing. Oh my you gosh! You know what I mean? Like Kirk Cousins. I don't know how many more ways can that dude blow the end of a half. Right? <laughs> we have random knees. We have whatever. Random but, side note on Kirk Cousins: yeah. He went to the Tom Coughlin School on time Clock management. Man. They would be a perfect pair. Maybe if Tom Coughlin <laughs> comes out of retirement and coaches the Bills or something. Look. Dude, you you got to get that ball to hell out of it. You can't hang out in the end zone, pat the ball, bounce around. You got to get it out, dude. Especially because if there's a holding call, it's a safety. So, yeah, I mean, I mean it's a mess. Quick, no. get it out. No, nah, he was he was chilling. He was trying to go. He was trying to go big. Kind of trying to go big, go home, man. Uh, and anyway, uh, Daniel Hunter, Vikings player, just brings that dude down in the end zone. Safety ten two, and then uh, dude, like I said, the Vikings are just bringing the lumber, bro. Um, you know, I don't so much care about like uh, when it was late second quarter and, and Newton underthrew it to Ted Ginn. I mean, there was like hardly any time left in the half. I mean, he's taking a deep shot to do it. So I don't really mind that pick a whole bunch. Um, I think the interception at the very end of the game is really a little bit more indicative of how it went. Again, not a ton of time left. So it's kind of one of those things where it's almost desperation, but it's like, you know, there's a certain signature that a game can have and a feel that a game can have, right? And in this particular case, you know, uh, look, Vikings are up 22 to 10. You know, they're whooping them up. They've beaten down on this man over the, the back half of this game. And the Vikings just bring the heat, dude. You know how you know how people go, the prevent defense just prevents you from winning? Mm-hmm. You know what the Vikings did not do? What? They did not prevent themselves from winning squat, dude. They brought <laughs> they brought the heat, man. They had Cam in their midst. You know, he just heaved it up. It was another pick. Look, the Vikings meant business. And to to have a team lose its starting quarterback, lose a Hall of Fame caliber running back um, to have the injuries that they've had. Losing uh, – was it Khalil, is Khalil out for the season? I don't remember, but Khalil's hurt. AP's out, obviously. Bridgewater's out. This is a team that's taken all kinds of hits. And they're just plugging, dude. Plugging. I certainly wouldn't have penciled them, penciled them in for 3-0. I don't think really any of us would. I mean, you look at week one, they beat the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings beat the Titans, and you're like, oh, it's the Titans. Yeah. Week two, they beat the Packers, and you're like, oh, the Packers' offense was slumping, so we'll give it to them. 
and then to come in and beat the Panthers the way they did, it's like, um, I'm starting to think that this defense is legit. The, the defense is going to keep them in games. You know, I mean, obviously the Bradford trade, I mean, you know, they've done a lot of things that are, that, that team is right. not, that team has a lot of fight in it. Zimmer has a lot of fight in him and it, there's an identity, right? We talk about identity. That's a team that knows who it is and knows what it's trying to do and is going to bust its ass to do it. It may not happen, but they are going to work their ass off. If you're going to beat them, dude, you have to legit beat them. You're not going to get it cheap. You know what I mean? Well, Secretly, when they made the trade for Sam Bradford, my first thought was, really? Oh, well, yeah. And then you actually see him play with the defense. You're like, okay, now I see what y'all did this for. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, get you a Trent Dilfer, whatever quarterback. Just don't screw it up. <laughs> Be efficient. Do your job. Mm-hmm. We got a good enough defense. They lose freaking Adrian Peterson. They sure as hell have a good enough defense. My goodness gracious. I mean. They sure as hell have a good enough defense. Well, so, it also helps that having Norv Turner, who's basically the quarterback whisperer. I mean, any quarterback that's ever been under his tutelage always plays above and beyond what they normally would play with any other team. Oh, and that's the thing with Norv, man. I mean, just just know that, hey, you're not head coach material. You're a really good <laughs> offensive stay, coordinator. Stay in your lane, bro. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Stay in your lane, bro. <laughs> Get off my line. That's right. See that head coaching job? See that you know, that head coaching application over there? Just let it go, bro. Just, just let <laughs> that go. I was gonna, I was gonna say, just drive by, <laughs> just, just, just don't even stop. Just, just stay in your lane. But you know what? You're right. Yeah, yeah. North Turner. I, I think uh, enough, enough. You know, there's enough water under the bridge. Enough time has passed. You know what? Let it go, man. I mean, yeah, just let it be, dude. Not a head coach, man. Believe me, as a Redskins fan, I suffered through a, a long time of North <laughs> Turner. Okay? Nice dude. Likeable dude. Right? Likeable guy. But his uh, just I, I, as a head coach, man, here we are talking about Zimmer and identity and attitude and these kind of things. There are certain coaches that exude that stuff, right? You know what I mean? Like Parcells. And you you don't have to be an overt asshole, right? You don't have to be the I hate the media of Bill Belichick. You don't have to be the Harbaugh, the 49ers Harbaugh poke the bear guy. You don't have to be that guy, right? You can be a little bit more reserved. You can be like a Tony Dungy. You can do that and be successful like a Joe Gibbs. You can do that. But at its core, you instill a certain kind of attitude uh, in your team, in your schemes, in your players, in your coaches, in your organization. And some people can do that and some people can't. North Turner, I don't believe, is that kind of guy. But a good OC. So good on him. Bradford's in the right place. But, Shannon, you are right. And, of course, it would be a movie called Frozen, and obviously they're in Minnesota, so that is sort of... Uh, right, you, you know what I'm there. saying? You know what I'm saying? It, it's pretty fitting. It's pretty fitting. Also, possibly what she said, but um, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just just let you know. You <laughs> know, frozen possibly. You but. know, I, this is like the other thing I learned is never, ever, ever doubt Bill Belichick. No, how the heck? 
I mean, no Brady for four games. You get Garoppolo looking like a freaking all-pro the first two games. And then you bring in Jacoby Brisket. Sorry, Brissett for a third game. And now, I mean, I don't even know what you're going to throw out at freaking Buffalo this week. But to be 3-0, and phenomenal. Hold on, I have a I have a rogue I have a rogue video. Here we go, I got it. Oh, how I love autoplay things that sneak up on me. ESPN. And this, at this particular time, it was actually the uh, Monday Morning Quarterback site. I was pulling something on JJ Watt, and uh, I still like how it shows the extension is not loaded, and then it's gray. You know what I mean? Like, please right click here to run Flash Player, and then the audio plays, and you're like, seriously. Freaking dickhead. <laughs> Come on, man. Get out of here with that. Anyway. I know we covered uh, the Patriots, but still. We did. Still- no, I mean, it's just, it's, I, I halfway expect some combination of tight ends, some combination of quarterback. Is it Garoppolo? Is it Brissett? Is it Julian Edelman? As long as that girl that hooked up with him on Tinder doesn't put him on blast the next morning, I guess it's all good. Remember that one? Oh, yes. I, I F Edelman, no lie. And then everybody hated her in Boston or the Boston area. That was still really funny. Probably should have just kept that for between you and your friends. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Way to get way to get blackballed, you dummy. Anywho. Um, I guess as long as you didn't give him an STD, it's okay. Well, yeah. TDs are okay. STDs, not so good. Oh, there you go. <laughs> See? Uh, I'm just saying. <laughs> There's your PS. You know what? There, there, There it is, right? There it is. It's your PSA for hold the day, on, ladies. Yeah. I dreamed a dream. <laughs> Actually, if it was TDs versus SEDs, it may be, <laughs> I needed a cream <laughs> for that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Entirely possible. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. My goodness. Anyway, <laughs> I needed a cream for that. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. Get out of here. My God, I, w- I totally forgot what was our point. Oh, so we're giving kudos to Zimmer and the Vikings and Bill Belichick, and you know, uh, d- yeah. I mean, a- again, it's attitude, it's it's it, it's scheme, attitude, team. It's a lot of things that go into that. And there's certain people you just you're just like, dude, they they know what the hell they're doing. They just know. And Zimmer, that that team, the imprint of Zimmer on that team is legit. That team has fight in them, dude. Mm-hmm. Fight in them, for real. What else did you learn? I actually, we're probably close to the end of segment one, so uh, we're not going to get to Redskins-Giants very much in segment one. Clearly, that's a segment two piece. Because, Mark, you and I have to have a discussion here, friend. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, it's all good. Um, but, yeah, yeah, man, massive kudos to the Vikings, man. I, I'm super impressed. I'm a little bit disappointed in the Panthers, honestly. Um, and I don't know if this is the Super Bowl, the loser of the Super Bowl hangover or, or what, but, look, the Patriots 3-0. Uh, by hell or high water, the Ravens. I totally forgot they were three and zero. Right, I totally forgot about that. Broncos are three and zero. They're legitimate. That defense is that damn good. And mm-hmm. obviously, Simeon had a hell of a game um, the other night uh, against uh, the Bengals. But I don't think you're going to expect four touchdowns out of that guy with regularity. But that that was hellified. But the, I mean, yeah, the Eagles being three and zero. That's pretty fierce. And the Vikings being three and zero. They're not going to. It doesn't look like they're going to score a lot of points. But oh, by the way, uh, in the NFC North, I do love this this fun fact. Uh, there's in, on NFL.com. Thankfully, I'm not getting interrupted by a Tony Siragusa man and drip ad, uh, oh, which I figured Lord. would probably show up on NFL.com. 
they need leak stopper. <laughs> I don't know. What was it? Wasn't there a commercial where Tony Siragusa was breaking into people's bathrooms? Talking about Endrip? <laughs> I, I, I don't know what was happening yeah, there. I think there was. Yeah, that sounds about right. But um, let me go back to the NFC North. Okay. So the Vikings, their net points are 24. They scored 64, and they've allowed 40. So the net points 24, right? The Chicago Bears are negative 38 with net points. You're not going to win a lot of football. <laughs> they have scored 45 and given up 83. That's a tough, tough way to go. I'm pretty sure that is the worst in the league. The Browns are terrible. They're minus 30. The Jaguars are terrible. Dude, by the way, Jacksonville – Thought y'all were going to be better than you are. They're, they're also negative 30 net points. Mm-hmm. About to be owned four. Uh, yeah, I'd say I'd say so. Redskins negative 24, so, you know, I'm not saying it's a perfect metric. About to be two and two. Yeah, I would I would think the Redskins can handle the Browns at home. But in a very uh, – there are just Redskins things, and a just Redskins thing would be finding a way to lose to Cleveland after going up to New York to beat New York in New York. <laughs> that would be a very Redskins thing. <laughs> Let's go home and lose to a team with no quarterback and Terrell Pryor just running around doing crazy things. We'll just find a way to lose. Be like losing to the Rams a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. What I think is great is that Mark goes to a Redskins-Rams game. <coughs> He's a Giants fan. that goes to a Redskins-Rams game, and I think you were decked out in Rams gear. Or else maybe you were just rooting for the Rams. But you were happy. I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean you don't know what I'm talking about? I never went to a Redskins Rams game. Or Are you I sure? I didn't go in Rams gear. You're thinking of somebody else. I, I, for Matthew Schultz's bachelor party, I went to a Redskins game in Redskins gear. That's different. I mean, I, I have pictures of you sleeping with a Redskins blanket. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought you I thought you went to a Rams game wearing some Rams gear to be funny one time. Hey, you're crazy. Well, maybe you just left because they. Uh, Maybe you just left in some Rams gear because they whooped up on the Redskins that time. I hated that game. <laughs> I don't know. That or you were just so happy. I felt like you were there in spirit ruining my day. That, <laughs> that's, that's very possible. That I I'll, think go, is, I'll go with that one. Yeah, that I think is very believable. I like, actually, you know what? I like that one. I think that's real. That, 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 that like <laughs> D-stat nightmares in D.C. You know what I mean? Sounds like a headline, doesn't it? It's an article gone totally wrong. So uh, yeah, yeah, man, crazy. And of course, the, the Ram. The, look, the, it's early. We're three weeks in. I think week four is going to really start giving us a sense of separation. Oh, Bears, you deserve to be zero and three. The Saints, holy crap, zero and three. But the Panthers, one and two, man. Panthers are definitely a team I thought would would just look better. And I just feel like they're people are beating the ever living crap out of Cam Newton, and uh, they're suffering. Late game, they're suffering. They, they've got some issues. I think they missed Josh Norman more than they thought they would. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot more than they thought they would. Granted, he was expensive, but I think they missed him a lot more than they thought they would. And, I, you know, I again, I don't know how much of it is just, you know, you're talking about a team that was, what, 14-2, and 15-1 last year? Yep. <laughs> In that zone. I think I think this that loss uh, to the Vikings was their first home loss since, like, 2014, dude. I mean, you know, that, that's a big deal for a team like that. Um, hey, here's com- an interesting side note. Cam Newton has been hit 37 times in the first three games more than any other quarterback so far this season. I'm not surprised in the least. I, I, I think the game plan, if you're playing the Panthers, is whatever you got to do to stick a hat on Cam Newton, you do it. Yep, and force him to pass. Just, it, it, his record when he throws 35-plus times is not good. Mm-hmm. 
the Panthers have to have that running game. And if you can shut down the running game, then you have a really good chance to beat Carolina. Beat them up. Mm-hmm. Beat them up, make them throw. Beat them up, make them throw. Beat them up, make them throw. I mean, granted, I, I like him throwing to Kelvin Benjamin, but if, Ke- if Benjamin has a bagel and you're tattooing the crap out of Cam Newton, you are probably winning that game. And the Vikings sure as hell did. Now, granted, not everybody has a defense as good as the Vikings. By the way, Mark, next week, uh, Giants-Vikings. I'm really curious to see how that game plays out. Wow. It's going to be quality uh, quality money in that game. That I ought to be. I actually called for the Giants to win that game. Yeah, good man. Um, I, I really want to see how, uh, how much fight, like how the Giants rebound from the loss. And then I want to see Beckham, Eli and Beckham against that D. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that could be that could be a. I don't know that it's going to be a high scoring affair. I don't know that, but I think that could be a really entertaining game um, to watch how the Giants respond. And then it's a dude. Honestly, that's a litmus test, right? That's a litmus test for how good those teams are. I'm kind of looking forward to that. I think I think I have to be concerned, or, or but we'll be curious to see you know what the Giants running game is because I don't know what it's going to be. That that one's a little tougher. So, I don't, you know, Dark Dark was had some moments. Um, is Vereen officially done for the year? Yeah. Yep. Uh, okay. So yeah, they, they I, yeah, right? They done. IR'd him. He is not coming. He's not like eight week IR. He's full year done. See you later, IR. Yeah, uh-huh. okay. yeah he's having surgery to repair his tricep. Yeah, yeah. Not seen him again this year. Is a year. Yeah, that's Dunsky's. So, yeah. you know, well, as long as their the center doesn't get unsportsmanlike penalties and get thrown out, their running game might be a little bit better, but. <laughs> <laughs> against the Vikings, that's going to be tough sledding. So uh, you're going to need non-pick throwing Eli in that one, I think. Uh-huh. Um, is that in uh, is that in the Meadowlands or is that in Minnesota? It's in Minnesota. It's in Minnesota. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, that that's a big one. That's a big sure. one. That's a big one. Uh, Giant Giants need to show up strong in that one, I think. All right. Well, I tell you what, man. Let's go ahead. Uh, <coughs> let's go ahead and wrap up segment one. We're like 47, so we need to go ahead and do that. We'll do one more segment and get out of here. Uh, we have the sports where you can find us all over the place. iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Brady Lowe's Funnel Cake, Google, you know, Play Store, all that good stuff, man. Keywords are sports and brew. We know you like drinking. We know you like beers. We know you like sports. Otherwise, why would you listen to us? I mean, and you like laughing and comedy and assholes. Because if you didn't like some combination of those things, you probably wouldn't like us. Exactly. Although I may be the biggest asshole that's on this show, and that's okay. <laughs> at least at least I own it. Okay? This is true. At this least, is true. At least yes. I own it. You Captain I mean? Starkey. Yeah. Yeah, like for real. And at least segment one. Let's see if this audio is here. Hold on. Here, hold on. Recovered by the Colts. Now, the Colts win it 26 22. At least segment one is finally over. And it's too bad we can't have uh, this announcer uh, helping us seal the deal on this one. Game's over. Game is finally fucking be over. Whoops! Yeah, Colts announcer Bob Lamy. This was a tweet from. This is a te- tweet. A teat. This is a teat from Bob Kravitz. I tell you what, if it's a teat from Bob Kravitz, we really got to worry about some stuff. But if it's a tweet, it's a tweet from Bob Kravitz. And he just said, Colts announcer Bob Lamy. I hope I'm pronouncing this guy's name right. Told me he feels horrible about dropping the F bomb during Sunday's broadcast and will apologize. Dude. 
That game was crazy. That game against the Chargers was nuts. Season. But Shannon, for real. Recovered by the Colts. <laughs> now the Colts win it 26-22. Game's over. Game is finally finally <laughs> over. Colts win 26-22. Their first win of the season. Seriously? That's awesome. I can't believe that guy. I agree with him. Yeah, I can't believe that guy dropped that, man. Although I like this. uh, One user comment on this article was interesting. That was Trent Richardson's motto when he was on the Colts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, all right, we're the Sports Brew. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Yes, sir. Had to stretch our legs for a couple of minutes, but we are back, man. We are the sports brew having a little fun on this wicked Wednesday, man. Uh, let me tell you what, dude. I want to give a little bit of a little bit of dap uh, to Cavs owner uh, Dan Gilbert, man. He's given cha- NBA championship rings to janitors, food vendors, and police, like all kinds of people that you wouldn't think would not normally get rings, man. He's hooking some people up. That's a good nice. to show you how freaking important that uh, championship was the city of Cleveland and to the Cavaliers organization, man. Uh, Gilbert and his partners are presenting rings to more than 1,000 full and part-time employees throughout the Cavaliers and Quicken Loans Arena organization. That's pretty freaking crazy, man. Granted, I'm sure they're not as nice as the players' rings. (laughs) Well, obviously. You know, but uh, that's okay, man. That's phenomenal that he would do that. Yeah, no, I think that's a gesture. Yeah, I think that's a phenomenal move, a phenomenal gesture. Um, you know, we talk, we talk a lot about organizations, you know what I'm saying? And that's like when you're trying to shape your organization to be of a certain caliber, um, I think there are things that you do that make a difference to the people that, uh, are across levels. You know what I mean? We obviously focus, we tend to look at things very top heavy, you know, the most visible and obviously with sports, if you don't have the players, what kind of a team do you have? You know what I'm saying? But uh, I think that's a great move. I, I like that. Kudos to uh, Dan Gilbert and kudos to the Cavaliers for doing that one, man. I think that's a, that's a nice move, man. That's a nice move. Thumbs up from me uh, to them on that one. I, I, I would imagine we can all like raise a glass of uh, kudos to that one. Yes, cheers. Mm-hmm. And uh, speaking of cheers, yeah. Uh, while we're on the NBA and these stats away for a couple minutes. Yeah, he's, uh, doing, he's doing laundry. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Apparently, Megan has domesticated this guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, what you got, bro? Uh, little tip of the cap. Uh, Paul Pierce uh, announced on the uh, Players' Tribune it's going to be his final season. Uh, one of the last uh, remaining players from the 90s, at least relevant players from the 90s, that's going to be uh, calling it a career here at the end of this season. Yeah. Gosh, I think, what? 19 years he's going to be playing 18 years i think and playing on the clippers for doc rivers obviously he'll be known as a celtic and it's it's in place at the end of the season that uh when everything's all said and done he'll sign a one-day contract with boston and retire a celtic which is the way it really should be absolutely the way as it, really it should, should be. be yeah um but my gosh man i mean to think what seven years ago him and kg and ray allen won that championship yeah and now after this season all three will be retired i mean it's just amazing how fast time goes sometimes it feels like it you know yeah you, you think back to you're, you're like right in the meat of a player's career 
and then uh, all of a sudden, man, that prime window closes or they get old or they get injured or whatever, man. Sometimes the end creeps up on you and sometimes the end just happens really quickly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So a, a hell of a career, um, hell of a run. He's, I mean, you know, that that's a baller, dude. That's a baller. So tip of the cap. Absolutely, man, a tip of the cap to uh, Paul Pierce. For yes. real. That's a, that's a good, good, good pull, Shannon. Thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. And at the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, unfortunately, uh, it looks like Chris Bosh has played his final game for Miami. At least for the Heat. <laughs> at least for the Heat. At least for the Heat. Um, the doctors aren't going to clear him because of the blood clotting issues. Right. And, you know, at some point, I I know he wants to play. That's all he knows. And I hope he gets to play again. But at the same time... If the blood clotting is going to be an issue, you don't want to mess around with that. Well, stuff. You know, what you don't want is that guy to get on the court and die on the court. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean we, or just to die. I mean, you don't want him to die, but you, you definitely don't want him. If you know, you don't want him to get out there and basketball be the thing that kills him. You know right. what I mean? Um, and that that would that would weigh pretty heavy on an organization. And you know, there there would be so much backlash. Well, why did you clear him to play? Why did you clear him? You know what I mean? It's kind of a no win proposition. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's it's a no win. You know, the, the player doesn't win. The, the team doesn't win. Mm-mm. Obviously, the Heat wants him because they signed him to a five-year max deal. Right. I mean, the guy's getting paid max money. So, I mean, obviously, they would want him to play. This isn't a freaking second or third point guard on the team that they're right. just saying, no, no, no. I mean, this is a legit superstar. And... I mean, it's a shame, man, because he's... It is. This is one of those weird... It's like one of those weird kind of career-ender things. You know what I mean? It I, is. I, like, I don't remember the last time, like, blood clots essentially did somebody in. Yeah. I I mean, I've heard it before. I, I've only worried about Chris Bosh. I haven't worried about other players that have had blood clots, but... Uh, oh, um... Well, he might be one of the most recognizable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Didn't Reggie Lewis have a blood clot? I'd have, we'd have to look it up to double check. I mean, you know, I'm sure it's something that has impacted other people, but um, right. to be his age, to be at the point of his career where he was still pretty much in his prime, uh, to then have these issues, yeah, it's a pretty significant thing. So, you know, but but in the theme of the night, you know, pre-podcast, we were talking about obviously Arnold Palmer passing away, um, some of the other things that have happened over the course of, you know, this week, Jose Fernandez, a boating accident. Oh, um, you've seen a lot of tributes and a lot of, you know, very heavy hearts with that. And, you know, sports is a really great microcosm of, like, society. You know what I mean? And we yeah. talk about whether it's, you know, something like Big Poppy retiring or, you know, the, obviously with Paul Pierce, that coming up, or Kevin Garnett or Kobe Bryant. You know, you kind of have full career legacies and then careers that are cut short, uh, people that walk away from the game, and then you get into, like, life. You know what I mean? And people that have these long legacies. And, you know, I'm not going to pretend that, that, like, you know, Arnold Palmer was super important, like, to me. You know, he's obviously somebody that I know who he is. And since I love sports, like, I totally, you know what I mean? He's iconic, right? But I didn't grow up watching, like, Arnold Palmer, like, whoop people's asses or something. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, that's old school, man. You know what I'm saying? It's old school. But what does happen is that, you know, in the world of sports or in whether it's pop culture or sports or politics or whatever, um, you know, there are people that are we, we talk a lot about 
you know, the game beyond the game and kind of life beyond the court or life beyond the field and, you know, those kind of things. And, you know, Arnold Palmer was one of those guys, one of those personalities, one of those entities that transcended the world mm-hmm. of golf, right? Yes. And so he has a legacy and an impact far beyond simply just a club and a ball and a cup, okay? Um, and you see that with the outpouring um, of of stories and who he was as a person and how he helped people and what he represented to the game and you know how he just all these different things with him and how he, he made time for people and you know he talked to you I mean just a lot of really fantastic stories about Palmer and then you kind of go to the the opposite end of the spectrum really with Fernandez somebody that's so young you know what I mean what was it twenty four I mean that that's that's crazy. Here's a guy who, yeah. I mean, really, I mean, the bulk of his career was in front of him, you know, and and clearly a very talented player, uh, and then in, in the in the you know construct of a team, somebody that uh, obviously was significant for who he was as a baseball player, but who he was as a person, and I think loss like that, death and loss, and you know, loss of life when somebody is young. Uh, and has a lot of things in front of them, a career, a lifetime of possibilities. Um, there's a different kind of weight to it. And I think you see that uh, with Jose Fernandez. You know, Arnold, Arnold Palmer, obviously people go, oh, you know, I'm, I'm sad he died. But they go, man, what a life. Think about all the things he did. Think about all the living that man did. Think about how many lifetimes he squeezed into his, you know what I mean, the, into his lifetime, right? Oh, yeah. The life well lived, Right. And that's that's a different vibe than Jose Fernandez losing his life in a boating accident um, to be his age, to have so much of his career in front of him, to have all the things that that could be, all the possibilities that could be gone, you know. And so I think the the emotional outpouring for that is is on a different level. Um, And it's they're both senses of loss. They're both senses of pain. But it, it's a lot of what could have been, what could he have been, what was, it, what could his career have been, what kind of person could he have been, what kind of father could he have been, and those things are gone, you know, and that that's that's a pretty big deal. Matt, I think uh, didn't you say that uh, they moved his start? Yeah, they had um, moved his start up one day, and pretty much if he had been starting on Sunday like he should have, he would have never been out there that night. Yeah, I mean. It, you know, it, it, life is weird, man. Life is it, weird. Some of the things that happen are just, just kind of strange. Oh, we got some noise from something somewhere. You know, and, and I think one of one of the most moving events, uh, obviously after he passed, you saw a lot of things happen in respect to Jose Fernandez. But you know, D. Gordon coming out and just crushing that home run. That Amazing. was that was just tremendous. That is a. <laughs> What is he, a buck sixty wet? You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Not a big dude, man. Um, yeah, he said he's never hit it even that far in batting practice. Yeah, you know, I went ahead and pulled it back up because you could see just the emotion in that guy's face um, and, and how, hard, how hard that was uh, and how much that moment meant, uh, how much that moment meant to him. Um, he, so said, he said, go ahead. I was going to say, it's amazing how many of the Cuban-Americans I've heard on sports radio this week who have come Mm -hmm. out and have just been so emotional about seeing one of their own make it. Yeah. It was just like one of our guys made it, so they felt that and lived that with him. Right. 
Um, I think it was like what Pedro. What's the guy from ESPN? Pedro Gonz- Martinez. Um, Martinez. And um, uh, Levitard, I know, was emotional. Uh, Cespedes from the Mets, I know, got pretty emotional over that. I mean, obviously the Marlins, but a, a lot of guys around baseball just got really emotional about that and just the outpouring. I mean, the kid was so talented, but the heart that he had, I mean, right. to escape, I think he tried four different occasions to escape cuba finally escaped when he was 15 and then i think when he won the rookie of the award in uh 2013 he saw his grandma for the first time in a number of years and was so emotional room got dusty man room got dusty he got a little dusty that time um he was also and this is like a thing I follow on Facebook. It was yeah. this foundation called Live Like Bellows, a girl in South Florida who mm-hmm. uh, uh, unfortunately ended up passing away from cancer. But the parents had started this foundation uh, for kids who have cancer. And he was on the board because he always went to visit her and spent a lot of time with them. Spent a lot of time with kids who have cancer in the hospital. Gave a lot of his, obviously, his time and efforts towards that. Right. Um, one of the things you're probably not going to hear, but it just shows how big of a heart the man really had. Yeah. I mean, I think that's very real, you know, and, and again, the, the, the idea of what we're talking about really, there's the game. Yeah. And then there's the relationships you have as players, but then it's, you know, who somebody is beyond just a stat line or beyond just the game itself. And I think that's where the weight of it's really felt. And that's where I, you know, sports can be such a beautiful thing, whether it's uh, whether it's the, the 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 joy of victory or the strength and resilience of a team, or you know the pain and growth that can be pulled out of a defeat or loss. Uh, you know, sports is a there's a lot of emotion, there's a lot of life that's that's kind of rolled up into sports as an entertainment package. But sports is something we relate to. Sports is something we dream about uh, as children. You know, the, the moments that you have and the significance of that and the weight of the individuals um, transcends the game. And, it, you know, again, people that, you know, in, in a case like that, to be so young and have so much career and so much life and so much in front of them, you know, you look at that and you go, oh, my God, you just can't believe it, man. So that, that that's a huge thing. There's, there's just a, there's a lot of emotion, a lot of weight and... There are things that are always they have a they have an extra layer of significance and you know this is one of those things, man. You know, whatever you believe is whatever you believe, but there are definitely times that things happen. This is not the cliche. Things happen for a reason. It's not that, but you know, things happen, and then the aftermath of it and. How people respond, how people react, how people play, how people deal with it. Um, there can be these moments that you're just like, it's unreal, dude. You know, Brett Favre's game against the Raiders after his father died. Oh you know goodness. what I mean? I mean, it's just like that's something. Like I'm just thinking about that game, and I just got, I just got chills. You know what I mean? Because it, it's, it's almost otherworldly, right? Uh, and, and D Gordon smacking that home run, talking about, you know, quote, I ain't never hit a hit a ball that far, even in BP. I told the boys, if you all don't believe in God, you better start. For that to happen today, we had some help. There's a story, if you've never seen it, there was a piece that ESPN had 
uh, and it should be like the chicken runs at midnight, you know, and there was a coach who's one of his daughters died. I want to say it was cancer. I'd have to pull it back up. Um, but it's just this super fascinating story. And, you know, th- there are just these moments that remind you about what, you know, uh, that th- this game is a part of life and it can be a reflection of life. And there's something, um, there's something beyond the game that's just beyond, just bigger than the moment, bigger than the game, bigger than the individual, bigger than us. And every once in a while, sports does a great job of touching us uh, in a way that that's very emotional, very raw, very powerful, very moving. And you know, uh, this this week, obviously with Palmer, with Fernandez, we had uh, again a, a very full spectrum uh, for of, of different reasons. But the weight and the realness and the emotion of that is. It's one of the beautiful things, at times beautifully cruel, but it's one of the beautiful things about sports. Um, and, you know, I'm still always puzzled. I'm always perplexed by anybody that says they don't like animals. And I'm always, you know what I mean? Because it doesn't make any sense. Like, how can you love life and not like any animals whatsoever? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Dogs, cats, fi- I mean, something, right? Dogs, cats, fish, birds, I don't know. And then people that just don't like any sports at all. I'm not saying you got to love every sport on the planet, you know what I mean? But whether it's the Olympics or soccer or football or baseball or something, what you know, maybe it's local little league, something your children play, something you played, something, man. Like, how can you not just get something out of it that's beyond you? Because it's there. And that's, these things are reminders of that. These things are reminders of that. Anyway. Well, Mark is back. Welcome back from your uh, laundry run. It's good Thanks. to see you. Good to see you. By the way, just for you, uh, you know, and only in the only, <laughs> only in today's media environment, man. Uh, and since you're a Mets fan, obviously, you know, Tim Tebow homering in his first professional at bat. I like how big of a story that became. <laughs> oh my gosh! It's like, come on, guys. Come on, guys. Where is he at? The instructional league somewhere? Come on, man. <laughs> yep. I could probably bet three fifty there. So I don't know if I go that far, but I would. maybe <laughs> off of a guy that the Cardinals drafted in the eleventh round. Wow. Well, they're gonna sell some jerseys, probably. Wait, didn't yeah. they? Don't they actually have like full on like? Didn't they make some kind of exception for him where they're selling like legit like New York Mets wow. jerseys, like Tebow stuff? I would guess so. I mean, Probably. I, I think you kind of have to, because you know you're going to move a lot of product with that guy. So the reason, anyway, the reason, the reason you got him. Yeah. So at, at Mark, I, I don't know when you walk back in, jump back in, but uh, we're just kind of raising a glass to uh, Arnold Palmer and then obviously Fernandez, and um, you know just having a moment for that. So a little tip of the cap, a little raise of the glass, a little rest in peace on that on that one, gentlemen. Uh, absolutely. I. Uh... I watched all of the you know, first game back uh, and, and, you know, watched it with the, the Mets telecast. And, I mean, I think that's, you know, just just ec- echoing. I don't, I don't need to talk much because, you know, I echo all the same sentiments you, you say. Yeah. But, I mean, even the, the Mets broadcasters, I mean, they, they they couldn't talk much for the most part. They they intelligently just, just, just you know, stayed silent, let the, you know, on-field things, you know, happen. But, you know, when they tried to talk about it, I mean, they, they all got, you know, <laughs> incredibly emotional and choked up because it's just 
it's just awful. I mean, it's, it's, there's not really much else to say other than it's just absolutely awful. It'd be awful. I mean, I hear some people who try to, you know, push back because, you know, they feel like too much attention is being paid to the fact that he was a superstar. Of course, it would still be incredibly sad if, if, he, if he wasn't, but it, it doesn't mean that it, it doesn't amplify it more that he had so much talent and absolutely would have been, you know, a, a Hall of Famer if he stayed on the same course and, and you know, was just a, a superb talent. And, and But I think for me, what I'm most, most hear people echoing and is correct is not just his talent, but how much joy he played with. He was always smiling. He was always rooting on his teammates. If somebody hit a home run, he'd be the first guy at the top of the steps, jumping up and down, huge smile on his face. Yeah. Um, so it's just it's just incredibly awful. And, and the main thing they kept echoing, which I agreed, is I, I don't even know how they played a baseball game that night. Um, I know it was one day later, but it's, it's, it's one day later. That's it. Um, I mean, the, the you know, first inning starts, and I mean, Martin Prado's out there still, you know, tears pouring out his face. You know, so, well, many of them, um, understandably so. Yeah, so I, I don't know how they played a game that night, but they played, they won, and it was a huge game for the Mets. But at the same time, I think every Mets fan would say, you know what, I, we're, we're happy for them. I mean, you know, it was, it was a well-played game, and I don't, I don't think anybody would have beaten them that night. And uh, rough incredibly rough yeah again sports sports at times we argue a lot about the game right the on field and the moment on field but there's something about sports that transcends the game itself and you'll see things like you know the healing power of sports or you know it it just goes beyond that and every once in a while we have a very very strong reminder of it um, so from a, a life well lived with Arnold Palmer to a life cut short with Jose Fernandez, um, those are storylines and those, those are emotions that are very real, very valid. And I think the reaction to that, if you've ever done journalism, Shannon, obviously you and I both did some journalism work at VCU. You know, you think about how stories are made, how stories are written. And sometimes, you know, the idea is not that you can't necessarily cover everything for everyone in every way. But you give people a window into reality that they identify with. You get what I'm saying? And so oh, yeah. you, you paint a picture and then you, you find a way to tie it to life. And you tie it to uh, you know uh, the world and reality in a way that people can identify it, identify with it and go, oh, you know, like I get it or that impacts me or I understand or, you know, I feel that emotion or that it's something. You, you reel them in and you know there are ways to write to do that there are ways to do pictures to do that there are ways to make art to do that and the the thing that cuts across is that's that there's a there's a bond of humanity there's a you know there's a core component of living and life and the struggle that it can be and that's contained in that and sports for all the things that we argue about that are money or power or stadium building or stupidity it still represents all of those things as well. And that's why people are so drawn to it. That's why people are so vested in it. That's why people are so vested in a player or a person or a jersey or a flag or a piece of fabric or a school or an alma mater or a football team or a baseball team or whatever. You know, that's, there, there's a part of life in that. You know, but life is, that's an active thing, right? Life is active. That's why it's alive. And that's why we relate. We want to feel that. We want to feel that. You know what I mean? That that uh, that visceral, you know, energy. That that alive emotion. That you know, it moves us. 
Sometimes it pisses us off, <laughs> right? <laughs> sometimes it's joy. Sometimes it's anger. Sometimes it's any. It's just a whole range of emotions there, you know. And in this case, for Fernandez, it, it's sadness, you know. Anger. And, and yeah. It, it, yeah, I don't know if I go anger, but you know, it, there's a certain pain well, to I was it. Supposed- yeah, trying to point you toward Mr. Oh. T. Oh well, yes, yeah. At times, uh, yes, there are certainly sports is very good at at anger. <laughs> That's for sure, uh, no doubt. So, all right, well, I tell you what, then we got to like shift gears a little bit and tackle some topics. Cause we we got to get Mark out of here and get him ready for his Vegas debacle. So. Uh, let's go ahead and knock out. Uh, uh, let's focus on Redskins Giants and obviously uh, maybe some sizzling seven and, and then just whatever chit chat and we'll wrap up and get out of here. You know, I joked around a little bit at the beginning of the podcast, you know, about the over hole that the Redskins were in and, you know, over one, over two, and all these things are better than this and better than that. But, you know, one and two feels a hell of a lot better than zero and three. You know, and if they handle their business and meet Cleveland, two and two feels, considering how, the, how it was looking out of the gate, man, that, that's a big deal. So, Excuse me, a huge win for the Redskins. I was not feeling very good about it uh, when the Giants were, you know, stacking touchdowns up and the Redskins were just booting field goals. Uh, wasn't feeling so great about it. I saw Breland getting hurt. Didn't like that. D'Angelo Hall getting hurt. I'm like, oh my God, where are they going to start digging people up from? You know, it, it, it was just cause for concern, man. So I did laugh at the pregame chat with uh, that the refs had with Norman at Beckham. I thought that was pretty funny. And. Dude, there were some moments in this game that were so ridiculous, and you know you can tell from my opinion. Obviously, you know uh, Beckham is a baller and Norman's a baller, and I think those guys like the challenge that the game represents and finding a way to beat your man. I enjoy that, right? They're, those are two feisty dudes. Make no mistake, <laughs> make no mistake. Two feisty competitive men. Uh, on a football field, and and they would like nothing else than to beat your ass, you know, in the game. But that doesn't mean that when the game's done, they can't be, you know, cool and laugh and whatever. Uh, but I I have to admit I did laugh uh, when, in the first quarter when the Giants, you know, they opened up with a solid drive. They capped it off with Shane Vereen punching in that one yard touchdown on first and goal. But uh, I did like that when they showed Dorman and Beckham off in the corner of the end zone and. You know, Beckham jumped up and Norman caught him midair and he like took a couple steps with him, bear hugging him. I was like, Come on, that's so ridiculous, man. <laughs> and he dropped him right in front of the ref. I don't know if the ref was like, what do I do with that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't see that very frequently, right? There are no flags, but I definitely laughed at that. Um, yeah, that was just, it was so odd, man. It was so odd. At least it didn't end up with like a fist fight going on right there. Nobody tried to body slam each other. Uh, you know, that would have been pretty, pretty ridiculous, but um giants had the ball again first and 10 from 23 eli went for beckham in the end zone norman broke that up uh obviously pretty close to being able to pull that in for an int but you know kibosh the uh touchdown either way but it you know when giants were just kind of rolling early uh second and 10 eli fired off the touchdown to to, uh, sterling shepherd yeah it was 14 to 3 and uh again i was not feeling good very good about that game early on not that i'm a pessimist i i'm usually not a pessimist but i just haven't liked uh, how the Redskins have looked, the running game, the defense, Kirk Cousins. They've just had issues. And uh, it, it looked like one of those games that, that you know, the Giants were just going to kind of get out, get up. And I was like, oh, Lord, I don't, you know, what's going to happen with this thing? And then people start, you know, not not that it, it wasn't a body bag game per se, but still once you start losing some starters, particularly defensive starters, and you're looking at the Giants going, oh, my God, Beckham, Cruz, Sharp, you're like, oh god, this is not going to go well. You know what I mean? 
So, uh, you know, kudos to them for kind of the fight their way through that and, and finding a way to uh, step it up. Uh, I'm still amazed that the Redskins totally mismanaged the end of the first half. Uh, wasted a timeout. I don't get that. Uh, that was kind of piss poor. Some of that is on Cousins. Some of that is on uh, Gruden. You know, you sometimes you got to steer the ship, and I don't, I don't know. Occasionally, they do stuff. You're like, what? Is anybody paying attention here? What's going on? Can you hire somebody just to help you with clock management? Tom Coughlin's probably available. No, I'm just I was kidding. Say, well, he was yeah. probably helping out. Yeah, maybe he was. Maybe they went to the Tom Coughlin School of you know clock management. <laughs> At the end of that one's kind of a mess, but you know, second quarter is twenty-one to nine. Uh, Giants have the lead again. You know, Giants touchdowns, Redskins field goals. Something's like uh, great. You know, but Cousins uh, dropped back. He aired out a long ball for Deshaun Jackson. Hauled in for the touchdown. Got to be 21-16. And you're like, okay, maybe there's a little life here. Uh, again, they, they squandered an opportunity. At least get a field goal at the end of the first half. I, I don't understand that. Um, I, no. That should not be an issue for somebody like, at this point in his career, that should not be a problem for Kirk Cousins. You know what I mean? So I'm not super fond of that. But yeah, I'm you almost know. wondering if Gruden should have took taking that out of his hands and just kicked the field goal. Maybe, maybe that, that, that was one that definitely didn't work out very well. You know, it, it's one thing watching, uh, uh, famous Jameis screw up the end, you know, an end game situation in Tampa Bay. I mean, that's like a second year dude, but you know, Cousins should be better than that at this point in his career. He's been in the league long enough. He should know better. He started enough games and he already, he's already had end of half kind of like screw up. So that should be, you, you got to button that up a little bit. Uh, those yeah, are things that fifth year, dude. You yeah, gotta, those are things that come back to bite you in the ass. You can't really, you, you don't want to do that. Uh, look in the third quarter, man. Um, Jamison Crowder had a had a pretty nice, uh, you know, gain on the screen, uh, zipping through the defense. I'd say a nice gain, yeah, fifty five yard touchdown uh, with the quickness, made it twenty three twenty one. This was a fun game to watch. Obviously, uh, the I think they had five lead changes in the second half, which is pretty ridiculous. Um, the blocking on that Crowder touchdown was, that was phenomenal. Great. That was great. Yeah. That it's was like great. everything just kind of aligned up very nicely. And yeah. The skins did very well there. Yeah. Uh, but there's definitely some things, you know, Giants had some really good moments. Uh, Redskins had some good moments. They both, both teams had some bad moments. Uh, you're like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> All right. So, I'll say this, Justin. Yeah. For me, as kind of like an outsider, did it feel like the Redskins kind of stole that game? Uh, yeah, yeah, it does. And there's a couple. I felt like the Giants were just in control the most of the way, and it just felt like the Redskins just kind of hung around, hung around, hung around, and then just kind of like thieved it, just like went swiper to Fox on them. Well, they had a couple things, kind of, you know. The whole uh, trust way, you know, be- you know, fake punt that was r- pretty ridiculous. Oh my goodness! Uh, yes. That was that was a really gutsy ass call to make. Um, Ballsy. Yeah, no, that that there was no doubt that there was a lot of balls going into that one, man. You said balls. But you know, if they haven't won up there in years, which uh, I'm pretty sure since 2011 they haven't gone up there and won a game, right? Correct. You know, th- that was that was super gutsy, man. Because uh, that helped set up a Redskins field goals, 26-24 at that point. Um, and, you know, the Giants had some things where they were, you know, super close. You know, fourth quarter, Giants have the ball first and 10. Eli hits Beckham. And that was one of the most beautiful and just filthy ass stiff arms and spin moves they dropped on Josh Norman. I mean, he got that ball. He just, like, cranked his hand right into his face, 
spun is right by the sideline. I mean, you know what I mean? Like how many people are either going out of bounds or can't pull that move off? I mean, right. it was it was completely ridiculous. And it was a it was an awesome play. It's just that, you know, Weston Richburg apparently went dick bag mode and you know, the plays in front of him, man. I don't know why he's like hitting Norman in the back. I mean, if Beckham's in front of the dude, it wasn't even a smart block. I mean, it was dumb. You know, and maybe that's on one part that's an attitude thing. Um, you know, let, let me get a little contact. Let me stick a hat on him, whatever. But, uh, you know, you're behind the play. You're you're asking for a penalty. And in his case, you know, he, this is – let me tell you, if I had told you somebody was going to get the double unsportsmanlike, you know, conduct, penalty, ejection, would any, any of you have guessed it would have been Weston Richburg? Never eaten her, no. I mean, you're not going to be like, yeah, it's going to be the giant center that gets thrown out of the game. I mean, come on, dude. You would have been like, oh, must have been Norman. Oh, must have been Beckham. <laughs> oh, must have been the kick and practice net. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? You think any number of things other than the center getting thrown out of the, the game. At the end of the day, man, I mean, you're, you're a starter on the O-line. You cannot – I mean, you got one personal foul. You you just don't pick up a cheap one. End of the day, dude. Your job is to protect Eli freaking Manning. Yeah. Don't be the dumbass that gets thrown out of the game just because you want to get back at Norman for your boy Beckham. And that one that one wasn't a smart football play. That cost them. They had a couple of things that cost them. Uh, and you can say that in any any particular game. You know, there's always a decision that goes wrong or an execution that goes wrong or. Um, you know, a play that doesn't work out or a penalty or something stupid that can change momentum. My goodness, excuse me, or kill a drive or some other kind of crap. You know, I mean, it, it happens, right? But, you know, I'm sure Mark could pick out, Cherry pick out a couple of things. One, uh, and I, I wish I had more specific notes, but uh, there was one where, like, the Redskins went to punt and the Giants blocked it. They blocked it. It, w- it was a perfect setup, but they had a penalty on the other side of the ball. You know offsetting I mean? penalties. Yeah, it was an offsetting penalty. It's like, dude, no, it well, was a dumb penalty. At yeah, that. It, it's not even like there are penalties that you go, all right, it's a penalty. It happens, and then there are penalties that you're like, what the hell is wrong with you? You know what I mean? It was um, a stupid. Um, it was a real stupid penalty. I mean, it was. It wasn't even part of the play. I think it, it was might unnecessary. Have been a taunting penalty. I mean, Richburg was stupid, and the penalty on that block punt was stupid. It was unnecessary, and it cost them. Damn, it cost them. Obviously, the the fun part of the game that everybody likes to reference is going to be you know Beckham getting into the fighting match with the <laughs> the kicking. I've never, it never in my life have I seen anything of the ilk of a player slamming their helmet into a kicking net and getting like I don't know, nearly decapitated by that thing. I mean, I was dying, dude. That was hilarious as hell. And I feel like they replayed that in the game broadcast like 10 times. And Lord knows, I'm sure the vine of that has been played about been played about a million times. It is that funny. And it is Over that random. It has to be. Yeah. It was just super duper random, man. I think one of my favorite things I saw, somebody, you know, oh my God, the power of the internet, man. They are so freaking quick with this stuff. Somebody made... An Odell Beckham versus the Kicking Net Mortal Kombat Fatality video. Oh, By the way, phenomenal. that has phenomenal. that has almost five million views. Think about that. That's great. Think about that. Five million views, man. That is in freaking insane. You know, I wrote in my notes though, looking at it. Obviously, you know, some people were giving Beckham some grief for the tears and the sideline stuff, and you know, again, he's super feisty, man. And that's a guy that wants the team to win, and, and you know he, he's gonna he's gonna sell out for it. So 
to me, he's like the classic. If you don't like him, I guarantee you if he was on your team, you'd feel very different. You may think he's over the top of times. That's fine. That's fair. But dude's a dude's a hell of a football player. Kind of fair to compare him to T.O. in a way. Uh, T.O. I think may have been a little bit more uh, team destructive. But, you know, yeah. we'll see. But I'm talking about like over the top, but you still want him on your team because he will ball out for you. Yeah, you know, I mean, Tio, I thought acted like an asshole a lot of times. I, I don't know, I don't know if I'm ready to, to send Beckham down that path. Definitely over the top at times. Definitely frustrated. Uh, but I think he's frustrated for the right reasons. It's just it, it doesn't always get channeled the right way. Gotcha. And, you know, Tio, okay. I think had this. There was a certain kind of arrogance with Tio where he. It was te- it was team oriented cockiness because he just wanted to he wanted to win, you know right. what I mean, and he wanted to be out there. But there was something about the way he did it that made you think he was a dick. I'm not right. I'm not sure that Beckham's on that same path. I know? don't either. I just I, I'm more I'm just kind of going for the over the top, but dedicated to the team. yeah yeah yeah. And and you know maybe I don't know. We'll see. Maybe a Chad Johnson type well i i don't i don't think about that i don't i don't know that johnson could care johnson was decent for a couple of years but you know beckham i think is he doesn't have beckham's talent no i mean beckham i think is it is a it has the potential to be like an all-time caliber kind of talent now what he does with that i mean who you got to stay healthy you got to produce you got a lot of things that need to go a certain way but I, I, i think that dude's actual ability talent and dedication to the game are like i mean he to me he could be one of like the guys like in 10 to 15 years we're gonna look back and be like that dude had a hell of a career right i mean like here's the thing like i thought in this game from last year when norman and beckham mm -hmm. lost their minds to this year i thought norman handled it more professionally than beckham did and i think beckham has to get to that professionalism that norman had mm-hmm. and yeah you're going to have that emotions where you want to beat the other guy and and of course individually i think beckham won that battle but the war was won by washington yeah well i mean he what he had like seven for a buck 21 or something like that yeah, you I know mean, so but he had the stats at, at there times, but norman just kind of backed off and just okay you're going to get yours but i'm not going to let you score yeah well he also yeah. had safety help the entire game well, yeah, I mean, it's actually, Odell Beckham. There was one play in particular. Let me see if I can find it really quickly. It was one that, that Manny actually hit Shepard. Let's see if I can find the timestamp on that one. Ah, it was in the fourth quarter. And Beckham is just going down the sideline, man. He has nobody on him. First offensive play of the fourth quarter. Yeah, oh, there it yeah. is. Norman just let Beckham go. And uh, Eli just didn't see him. I mean, a dude was gone. If he had seen him at, at all, he could have stroked off just an e- as long as he just places the ball. Beckham would have been gone for a touchdown, right? Because Norman was going for either the uh, play fake or to Shepard. He went to Shepard. He, he went, went right. He, to he went Shepard. to Shepard. Yeah, it was a play Scotty fake. Thought he had safety help. Yeah, but he didn't have it. Uh, Manning faked the handoff, and uh, Shepard was running across the middle. I mean, and he got the ball right there to Shepard. I mean, you know, it's like one of those things. It's a good play. It, it worked, but. You know, there was a huge opportunity that, that they just happened to miss. Um, right. and, and that was the one that, if I recall correctly, Norman got flagged for, uh, like, rough, which I thought was that was a lame-ass call, by the way. Um, but he got flagged for unnecessary roughness. So, you know, again, that's one that, that that's one of those coulda, shoulda, woulda, fifths and butts for candy and nuts. That was definitely one of those plays. 
Um, that would have sent that stadium into an absolute freaking frenzy, man. Um, <laughs> I have no doubt about that. Uh, and then, then it, you know, some of the things just kind of went a little bit screwball, you know, after that. Uh, you know, again, obviously we get into the, the net thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't help but be like, uh, you know, hey, Mark. With the records, I guess that is kind of a net loss. You know, I mean, it, it just sets itself up too well for that. But uh, yeah, no, but I'm, I'm, I, I again, I love the I, I love the replay. I wrote in my notes that uh, the replay was golden, kind of like Beckham's hair. Which really, if Mark if Mark thought, <laughs> I'm telling you, if Mark if Mark thought, if Mark bleached his hair, he could totally do that Beckham look. I almost Mark. Can you? Will you bleach your hair in Vegas? Oh my gosh, you're right. Yeah. No, I absolutely. <laughs> no, you don't want to. You, you, you don't want to do like the the golden dome seventies bush head. I definitely don't need to go blonde though. That's a terrible idea. <laughs> it would look pretty crazy though. Dude, Mark. A month before my wedding, I was actually I'd colored my hair blonde just for the hell of it. Uh, Shannon, <laughs> don't tell me you had some frosted freaking tips. Not the tips, dude. I did the entire deal. Okay. I just got out of the Navy, and I was like, screw it. I'm going to do whatever I want. <laughs> I was totally waiting for somebody to just be like, Shannon, just the tip. <laughs> no, no, nobody did it. I'm I'm almost kind of disappointed. No takers. Oh, oh well. That's probably because you're <laughs> you bleached your hair, man. <laughs> Yeah, well, that was 2002. Yeah, no, it was that was probably an in in hairstyle at that point. It was. Yeah, all the boy bands. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Spurts Brew Boy Band. Could you imagine that? No. That would be awful. <laughs> be absolutely 100% awful. It would be included in a concert lineup with Creed, Nickelback, and whatever that other stack of <laughs> bullshit that was. Mark's Just, favorite bands. Oh my god. Mark's favorite hits. Yeah. That's what we need. The sports group boy band. More like the sport. Well, with this song, I guess, OPP, it's more like the sports group boy gland, I suppose. Oh, we're too old. We can't be boys that we're all old. I mean, other than Mark, who's still like 21 or whatever, right? So so Captain will be playing what? Guitar or bass? Yeah, I'll play some bass. That's fine. You play the bass. Yeah, I'll do that. I guess Randy on the drums. No, that'd be me. Matt's better. Whit- 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 Whitfield wants the drums. Mark on the vocals. Sir. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I can hear it now. <laughs> Man, Mark's singing like Cousin Pat singing. <laughs> like Cousin Pat. <laughs> What the? What do you mean from like an SNL? No, no, no. No. If we were going to do a cover though, this would, this would be a song that we would cover. Yeah. Our concerts would be fun though. Oh, yeah, they would be. Yeah, I mean, because we. Because, well, you know, there'd be like random stuff where we'd be like doing a song and then we'd have like some kind of like random stupidity. You know, we'd have like a sound bite or Mark would fart or we'd have a woo and a poo. We'd have some like like random YouTube clips. We'd break out Little Richard. You know how good all that stuff could be? People would have no idea what the hell was actually going on. 
and then Arnold and Sam would stop by. Yeah, I mean, then we do some selfies, and then hey, where the white we'd be looking at? for groupies. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, Every kinds... dollar we'd make would be go right to the bar tab. <laughs> Trying well, to no, at, at that at that point, dude, you're getting taken. You're getting you know getting taken care of, man. Fact of the matter is, I'm just saying. You know. Penis in your anus. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> we wouldn't be one of those destitute, you know, bands. Well, you'll have plenty of time to live in a van down by the river. That's right. When Whoop. you're living in a van down by the river. Yeah. Well, I'm here to tell you that you're probably going to find out as you go out there that you're not going to amount to jack squat. There you go. So long as, as long as Jim Moore didn't, you know, show up to uh, our shows. In my opinion, that sucked. Thanks, if I, Jim. If I had the wrong Mora, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Security, get that asshole out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway. So, all right, well, let's wrap up this Giants Redskins. We got, you know, Mark, I know he's get out of here. So, look, man, at the end of the day, man, I know a lot of people pile on back and for the sideline stuff. And again, I, I think a little of that's over the top. However, um, I like the passion, I like the fighting the guy. Um, and this is one of those things that we're going to have that discussion. I, I had one of uh, Sarah's relatives was like, oh, I don't like Josh Norman. I'm like, you're a Giants fan. You love Beckham. How is it you hate Norman? If you had Norman, I guarantee you'd like him. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and again, like, like I'll, you have to give Beckham this, dude. That guy is a freaking absolute competitor and he wants to win. Absolutely. That's why he's that emotional, man. He wants to freaking win. Right? He loves his team. He wants to win. That's why he's that freaking pissed. Come he on, wants man. to win the yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, did anybody else crack up with uh, when Josh Norman had he uh, had the, his hand up for the fourth down signal and he hit the ref in the face? Yes. Was, <laughs> I was dying, man. I was dying, man. And, you know, kudos. Uh, again, five lead changes in the second half. You know, this field goal, that touchdown, this field goal, blah, blah, blah. You know, um, Redskins held the Giants on one. Uh, that was a Norman versus Beckham thing. Giants ended up getting a field goal, 27-26. I mean, it ended up being a pretty fun game to watch. I'm not saying, it wasn't perfect. Too many penalties, some un- unnecessary antics, and you know both teams had some had some bad moves. But it ended up being a pretty fun game to watch. Uh, kudos, to, uh, thanks Dustin uh, Dustin Hopkins for banging in that. Uh, I think the f- I don't know how many field goals they got kicked. It felt like a million five, uh, five to put them up twenty nine twenty seven. And you know, here's the thing, man. Giants had plenty of time at the end of that game. And, you know, the commentators were funny. They were like, oh, here comes Eli. You don't want him to have the ball at the end of the game, man. He's going to lead you. You know, this is when he's, you know, blah, blah, blah. They have plenty of time. They're going to come back and they're going to win. And it's almost like they talked about it. You know, you know, you know, you watch a game and they talk about like the, oh, this guy never misses free throws and he missed a free throw. You know what I mean? It felt like that. Like they glossed up Eli too much. The broadcasters talked too much about him coming back. The and jinx. The j- and it's like they got the broadcaster jinx, man. Because there was enough time, and they had a timeout, and then Eli threw that pick. Now, granted, that was a really good play by Sua Craven. Don't, don't get me wrong. All right, that's a rook. That's a rook, man. That was a great, great, great play. I'm pretty sure that was in front of Rain, and he ended up jumping that uh, and taking that. That was a hell of a play. Yep. So, you know, there's really two picks that are really tough on that. One in the red zone. I think it was uh, Quentin Dunbar. He's the same guy that caught that pass from the punter. Um, on on fourth and whatever the hell it was on the fake punt, uh, you had that guy get a get a pick in the end, which was a phenomenal interception, by the way. And then Sua Craven just you know just moving and jumping right in front of I'm, I could swear it was Vereen and stealing that ball, man. At the end, I mean that, that was absolutely nuts, absolutely nuts. 
So enjoyable game, fun game. Um, I'm glad the Redskins didn't hit the 0-3 hole. I, I would have felt really uneasy about the sense of the season, the course of the season, if they had done that. Um, they're looking better. Uh, obviously, some issues. Lichtensteiner uh, is on IR. They signed, uh, I think it's John Sullivan, who was a center for the Vikings. Was, obviously. Uh, so they got to make some moves. Injuries are a bit of a bugaboo. Uh, we'll see how that how they kind of hold up with that. But, I, you know, they looked better. They were able to run the ball with a little bit more, I don't know, not, not determination, but they were able to kind of, you know, pound out some yards later in that game when they needed it. So I think the team's going in the right direction. They look a little bit better. Um, Kirk Cousins looked better. Again, not they're not where they need to be, but they definitely have some moments, and you can see some things coming together. Uh, but that was a huge that was a huge win, a huge statement win. They needed that desperately. 0-3 would have been really bad. Uh, now if they handle their business against Cleveland 2-2, two and two, you go, all right, sitting, sitting okay, man. But they're going to have to because that division – you know, Mark, I think you and I talked, man, that division was like, that's going to be Giants-Redskins, Giants-Redskins, Giants-Redskins. And I don't know who the hell that division comes down to at this point. No clue. Couldn't tell you. No. So you've been pretty mellow tonight, by the way, Mark. So let me <laughs> let me ask you this. Uh, we, we've just spent, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes talking about this Giants-Redskins game. You know, I, I joked around about a lot of stuff. Y'all were quiet. I didn't hear anything from anybody. Yay, my birthday, all that kind of fun stuff. But realistically... Pretty big statement win. Uh, I think that's a pretty big missed opportunity for the Giants. Um, they cost themselves uh, in that game turnovers, penalties, unsportsmanlike. I mean, they cost themselves a lot. Um, certainly, game was within grasp, within reach, and they they could have won that pretty readily. You know what I mean? It was there for the taking, and they pissed it away. So I don't know what that really tells us about the Giants or about the Redskins, other than dear God, they needed that game. They they went up there and they got it. So I guess. What do you, what do you take out of that? Whether it's Beckham, Norman, the game, the record, whatever. Obviously, Vikings coming next week for the Giants. That's going to be a big, uh, big loss. kind of rebound thing. Well, it could be a loss if they don't take if they don't handle their business against Minnesota. They will lose to Minnesota. That's vi- that's very possible. They're going to have their hands full. And they got their work cut out for them. But speaking of this game, this context in particular, Mister Giants fan, you know what do you get out of this? And just what does the game mean? Uh, I was I was annoyed. I wouldn't say I was furious. I was definitely annoyed. I mean, you know, yeah, I, guess I, I don't know that I have a lot because I feel like you, you you wrapped everything up pretty pretty well. Um, but uh, you know, they they had their chances um, for sure, and they they shot themselves you know, way too much with with penalties. And uh, Eli just can't can't make those mistakes uh, at those times, especially the the the, the you know game ender. Yeah. Um. They they picked up the huge third down. Uh, I think it was like third and fourteen, and they're driving, and you think that they're you know good chance that they they take it and score. And I mean, he's just 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 a you know the very bad Eli. <laughs> we see uh, saw a lot of good Eli in the first two weeks, and I have a lot of you know, confidence that especially with those weapons, mm-hmm. we'll get back to that very shortly. We are playing going up against a very tough defense uh, next week, so I I, I, do, I would expect a low score game, and I wouldn't expect you know a you know three hundred yards, three touchdown kind of game, but. Uh, definitely, we need to get him back to his, you know, non trying to force it, non trying to put it in, you know, just ridiculous, you know, double and triple coverage you know, kind of situations, and 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 just just see, seeing the defense. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know what? It was it was an entertaining game. That's yeah. You know, I took that out of it. It was definitely an entertaining game. Um, yeah, the obsession over the back and thing on the sidelines is silly, but I, it's social media. It's what happens. Of course. Um, I mean, you had and, to know that uh, was going to turn into that. 
Oh, of course, and that's fine. It's uh, it'll be. I hope it will go away shortly because it's just kind of stupid at this point. But um, but uh, I agree with you. I, I, I want a fire fire guy on my team, so I definitely I don't hate on the fire, uh, fireness and and the energy um, channel in the right direction. Of course, um, Eli talking on the sidelines was a good thing. They did happen, uh, but he made some great plays. Shepard, I continue just to be thrilled by that guy. He's an absolute beast, and he's going to be fun to watch for a long time to come. Honestly, I'll give credit. I think my favorite play of the game, and I apologize if you might have mentioned this one, but but the Jordan Reed catch, the one-handed, left-handed catch. Oh, my goodness. Caught yes. it and took it for yeah, maybe 15. That was just ridiculous. You know, <laughs> That was just a ridiculous catch. Uh, so that that was impressive. I'm, I'm a huge Reed fan, and I've been for a bit. So uh, that was... That was great, but um, yeah, entertaining game. Uh, look, look, look forward to the rematch. Uh, yeah. I'm guessing probably in December. I'd have to pull the schedule up, but I would think so. I would think it'd be stacked towards the back end of the year. Yeah, so they can sort the division out. NFC East might end up being really competitive at the back end, I, man. I, I, I hope. I hope so. I really do. And I, yeah, I would. It would not surprise me. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I credit absolutely has to go to those skins. I mean, uh, shoot, credit to. Uh, Hopkins, is that your kicker? Yep. Uh, for, you know, five for five? He was just mad because Odell was beating up his practice net, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Nobody <laughs> messes with Hopkins' practice net. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, he he was on point, and uh, certainly, you know that that as you stated, I mean, obviously that that fake punt, you know, hell hell of a ball from from way, great great call, great timing, uh, that did, did not see that coming. So well, that was it, a, it was a lot better than the swing and gate era. I mean, it, it was a you know it was a gutsy <laughs> call, and it, it's one of those that if it hadn't worked, they'd be like, well, why the hell did you do that? You know, sure. when those plays work. And they, they they certainly don't always. Otherwise, you'd see them way more frequently, right? <laughs> uh, the element of surprise is really critical. And they had it, man. They, sn- they to me they snookered everybody. And I was like, what? Whoa! Although, didn't the guy get a penalty? Didn't he grab Dunbar? Wasn't there a flag on it anyway? Or did they wave that flag off? Uh, they they waved it off waved because it. it was a punt, and okay. it didn't matter. Didn't matter. So I like the aggressiveness. Sometimes you need one of those things as a kick in the pants kind of call and a kick. In, you know what I mean? Uh, and I think that was good for him. The fact that they executed it and pulled it off made it made it so good. I'm okay with some risk taking. You know, I am. It has to be calculated, and in the scheme of that, that one worked out, and they executed it. So it was a, a, obviously a, a pretty huge thing. The good news for you, Justin, is is that Washington was able to shake off a slow start and win the game. Yeah. <sighs> and you know, Eli could. Damn you, Shannon. Really? No. Why is it that Beckham couldn't shake off the net? Why? Why is that? Hey, he like, just wasn't able to break free. Bro. You, you know, that's exactly what I was. You know what I'm saying? Say. Like, didn't didn't we need like? I think we have. I think we totally have the wrong music. I think we totally have the wrong music here. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I just think Eli could break free of an interception. No, see, we are, we already use that song. That's done. I'm just saying, like. Oh, that's not the song I want. Thanks, Winamp. 
Like I click a song and I get <laughs> That is not the right song. That is not the right band. There we go. How did I how did I click Survivor out of the tiger and it was playing System of a Down? <laughs> I'm just saying, like like I feel like we needed some real fighting music there. You know what I mean? For Beckham. I really do. Mark's like, oh my god, dude, you guys this net, you're killing me. I hate all he, of you. He did go to LSU. Dude, did there. I'm just saying. And there's a great segue from that to Les Miles, if you want to take it. By the way, Mark, I know you got to pull the ripcord, so I, I, let's uh, Shannon and I can can deal with Les Miles in a moment. Wrap up thoughts for Redskins Giants, and we will certainly wish you well as you go party hard in freaking Vegas. But uh, what did you learn this week in sports? And wrap up thoughts on the Giants and Redskins. Go. <laughs> Learn this week in sports. Um, uh, the power of, um, I don't know, unity in sports with uh, the way everybody came together for Fernandez. Um, as you they, need, as certainly they should have. Uh, you need and, and theme the, music, dude, right there. You're getting yeah, serious. I appreciate that. Um, and uh, Mets, really exciting. We're on the verge of uh, wild card. Very good chance to lead in the wild card in the Annalise, so that's really exciting. Um, and uh, I was going to say earlier, but I think McGuffin beat me to it. That's uh, I'd say most impressive thing to me this week was the Vikings, as obviously we talked about fully, so don't don't need to talk about it again. But uh, Bradford clearly is a great fit there, and yes, they're playing some damn good football. So uh, yeah, I'll be, and I can segue that to certainly I'll still be in Vegas Monday night, so I will enjoy. Uh, it'll be five o'clock for me. Uh, even though weirder is going to be, you know, Sunday morning getting up at the crack of dawn to go to this amazing <laughs> sports bar. So I want to Emerald Legacy sports bar. It's called uh, Legacy Stadium. But uh, going in there at nine forty-five to, you know, eat uh, great bar food and you know, get get drunk and uh, enjoy football. But uh, hey, such is Vegas, and uh, it's going to be a beautiful thing. And I'll make sure to share plenty of good pictures and stories with. Uh, you all in the brew wall, and uh, hopefully have some good winning bets. And uh, yeah, but uh, thanks uh, everybody for pulling together to uh, make this happen tonight. And I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, hope everybody enjoys their weekend. I'm sure you'll be hearing from me, dude. I want you to roll out of Vegas like you know, just hashtag like a boss, <laughs> where you like crush these bets. You know what I'm saying? You're just like, yeah, it will be done. All right. <laughs> Any favorite man. bet this weekend, Mark? Um, you know what? Right now, uh, I my heart really wants to go uh, Louisville minus three uh, um, against Clemson, uh, but that's more just I like Louisville. I, I really want to watch that game. Unfortunately, I don't think I'm actually going to get to because we got some plans. But uh, oh, we'll try to we'll try to chicken on that game. Uh, I got I still got to look at some some NFL stuff, but I really like the one you you mentioned to me, and, and it'll be up on the sizzle in seven. Uh, we'll post them up, but uh, Wisconsin plus ten and a half. Really looks good at that Michigan. Feels like a steal, man. Michigan has has been has not been tested yet. Wisconsin certainly has been tested, and I just that that feels like too many. I would have put that at a maybe a six or seven. That feels um, like a steal. So I mean, I think that should be a one score game. So that you know, never know. But uh, but yeah, hoping to hoping to pull in some winners, and uh, really excited to have a great time. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll uh, and we guarantee one day in the future. The sports brew was taking a, a whole sports brew trip out of Vegas one day. Dude, that would be glorious. It's, we all have to make it back, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> right, maybe, maybe we can get some odds on the next uh, Odell Beckham, you know, kicking that match. Uh, still a better fight than uh, Mayweather Pacquiao. 
Yes. Yeah, Selling you. Jokes. All right. <laughs> I think I might go get back about kiddie pool. Well, that's a joke. See, Mark wasn't around for that. The kiddie pool reference doesn't make any sense to Mark. It doesn't make any sense to Mark. But it is funny. Yeah, Matt did get taken out by a kiddie pool, so it is. It, it actually well, is well, funny. That's funny. It, I mean, actually, it, that's funny. It just <laughs> not surprising, but. No, it, it was, that was uh, there was one time he tried to Hulk Hogan his shirt. He couldn't do it, and then uh, we were playing football in a backyard at uh, the house at my with my prior life, as we like to call my ex-wife, the PL, and um, <laughs> prior life. Anyway, and there. So Wait, we. What was that uh, meme what? you had earlier? Oh, the Chuck Norris thing. This is not directed at. Yeah, that one was great. It's only because it's like an ex-wife meme, and it did make me laugh. And so there's this picture of Chuck Norris, and somebody memed it up, and it's great because it says, uh, "Seen my ex-wife working at Subway. Stopped in and had that bitch make me a sandwich for old time's sake." It's like so terrible. Oh, damn. This is so terrible, dude. So terrible. <laughs> so freaking terrible, man. Hilarious. Hilarious and stupid. Uh, Mark, just for you before you go, I want to let you know this was a story on the Boston Leader bringing you Boston's best news since 1932. Uh, Florida man, high on meth, cuts off genitals and feeds them to an alligator. Jesus Christ. What the hell? <laughs> meth it's a hell of a drug man it's a hell of a drug 52 year old man not from even, not even once not even well if you did it once you got nothing you can't do it a second time that 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 is the classic one and done <laughs> because quite frankly when you do that look because quite frankly frankly if you do that well frank frank beans quite frankly if you do that you're you then become one and none you get what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, damn, yes. there's your sports for PSA. Don't do meth, kids. Don't do, yeah. don't do meth. Yeah, there's your PSA right there. Don't don't. don't yeah, should, uh, penis essay. Tell you, but if we did, yeah, don't do it. Uh, yeah, look, no 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 powdered alcohol, no alcohol up the butt. Don't do meth and lop off your genitals and feed them to an alligator. Just smoke a little weed. That's all you need to do. It's good stuff. <laughs> weed every day. <laughs> Great. What is this? An episode of Cribs with like the Wu Tang? Like, where are we going? <laughs> Red Man? Wu Tang Clang ain't nothing to poke with. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark's just trying to help everybody regulate. I'm in the district. It's a good thing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Anyway. All right, bro, man. Go get some sleep and get enjoy Vegas, man. Enjoy Vegas. Okay, bro? Thank you very much, well. Have fun, right. Mark. I sure will. I'll be talking to you folks. Peace All right. Out. Good night, Let's brother. Bye. Regulate. All right, uh, real quick, let's wrap up a couple of things. Uh, obviously, the Sizzling 7 will get uh, posted on Facebook. Uh, Les Miles got DOS booted at LSU. It's pretty crazy. Uh, Shannon, side note, and I'd imagine you may know the information on this, but all-time winning percentage at VCU. VCU. <laughs> all-time winning wow. percentage at L. VCU football still undefeated. Because <laughs> there, there is no there because there, there is no football team. You can't lose. You know what I mean? That is the joke? Yeah, that's the whole point. That's the <sighs> whole point. Anyway, all-time winning percentage at LSU. Who do you think is number one? 
I, it would have to be between Saban or Miles, I would imagine. Less Miles, 0.77. Nick Saban, 0.75. Okay. Just saying. Look, I think it's fair criticism to talk about the offense at LSU and how it's underachieved. I mean, think about Odell Beckham at LSU and how wasted that man's talent was as a Tiger. Uh, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. I kind of feel like Leonard Fournette's bent hasn't reached his potential. So it's reasonable criticism of the Les Miles era. But let's not pretend that that man didn't win, uh, help lead that program and win a hell of a lot of games. If they wanted to get rid of him, they should have just pulled. They should have just done that last year, man. I think it was bad mojo, bad moves running through the season. If he was teetering like that to to get in a couple of games and then boot him like now, I don't know. It's weird to me. I agree. Uh, if they were going to make the move, they should have just made it last year. Just but yeah, there was such a movement to, to I know. keep him, and they couldn't get it done and. Don't I don't think I, that worked out to their advantage, man. Although uh, one name I do see, obviously oh, Nick Saban's not going back to LSU. Just stop. Uh, Fisher, I don't I don't think he would leave Florida State. I know there was some chatter with him last year, and I guess nah, he backed no out. Chance. But no I, I don't see any reason for him to do that at this point. And then they talk about Urban Meyer, but why would Meyer leave Ohio State? No chance. He's an Ohio guy, and he's at, Ohio, at the Ohio State University. Where's where the hell's he gonna go? Sean Payton. No. Okay, well that one's interesting, uh, but you know, you know the name that I see that pops up a lot is Tom Herman, Hugh, the the head coach for Houston University of Houston. That's a possibility, you know, because it'd be a step up. He already he already he's already recruiting in the area. I mean, if you're in uh, if you're in Louisiana, guess what's right by you, freaking Houston. Texas. Yep. You know what I mean? That's a lot of recruit. That's a huge opportunity space from recruiting. I just don't well, know that he wants to deal with. Yeah, maybe he's not ready to go. You could talk about Herman. You could talk about Petrino at Louisville. Um, now, I would say Petrino after Lamar Jackson leaves because I know a lot. The, the early chatter on Twitter was Petrino would leave midseason. And I'm like, why on earth why? would you have the number three team in the nation and Lamar Jackson? No, you ride that one out, dude. Would you leave that? You ride that one out. You ride that one out. There's too much upside there. And even if they lose at Clemson, if Mm -hmm. it's a close loss, they're not going to fall too far. Mm -mm. Because you're on the road at a top five school. Now, granted, they're favored on the road, which I'm shocked, to be quite honest. Um uh, especially a team that played in the national championship game last year. Yeah. But my goodness gracious. No, not till after the season or after Lamar Jackson leaves would Petrino go. Well, even you know, if he decides but, to go, because I think he may have learned from his past mistakes. When you have a good thing, you don't just leave. It depends how many mistresses he has on motorcycles at Louisville. Well, I mean, just saying. if he's, if he's hanging out with the basketball team, who knows? Sexy Rexy, F it, I'm going deep. Uh, by the, <laughs> look, quick and, hits. And him and Rick Bettina are closing down Italian restaurants at this point. <laughs> the Petrino Patino connection right there. Mm-hmm. I bet they know about just the tip. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> uh, we're terrible. <laughs> anyway, Ladies, uh, just say no. <laughs> quick, quick hits of the week. Kudos to uh, you know the Broncos. 
uh, pulling that off against the Bengals, man, uh, trailing at the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, Simeon knocking out just 11 of 12 passes, helping to rally the Broncos uh, to multiple fourth quarter touchdowns, man. That's uh, that that that's big dog in it right there. So kudos to that. that that's a pretty that's a quality win. Uh, we talked about it at least briefly earlier. Chiefs absolutely just waxing the Jets twenty four to three. I don't think the score indicates how much of a beatdown that really was because Fitzpatrick was absolutely terrible. Uh, six uh, picks ties a franchise record. It's also a career high uh, low <laughs> for Fitzpatrick, who uh, did throw five before versus the Vikings in 05. I believe when he was a member of the Rams. So this stat line, I'm sure, won lots of people fantasy games last week. Uh, 20 of 44, 100, uh, 188 yards, zero touchdowns, and six picks. You better hope you didn't get negative points because <laughs> that's crap. Hey, we scored more fantasy points than Ryan Fitzpatrick did last week. I think I think the eunuch from Game of Thrones scored more than Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, Bills Cardinals. I'm still amazed by by this. In my notes, I just said also a bag of barf. That's what I wrote about this game. Bag of barf. Way to go, Cardinals. Uh, everybody totally made fun of the Bills for booting Greg Roman, and I you know I don't know how how causation correlation whatever man. Uh, but kudos to the Bills for showing the hell up. LeSean McCoy playing with some fire. And a week after just giving up all kinds of yardage and a loss to the Jets, uh, the Bills did a did a good job of limiting Arizona, uh, getting forced and six punts. They closed the game out by picking off Carson Palmer on each of Arizona's final four possessions. Wow. I mean, come on, dude. Uh, also, Larry Fitzgerald, this is a really, really, really random side note. Uh, Fitzgerald extended the NFL's longest active reception streak to 182 consecutive games. Wow. Do you know the only place and the only game of his career that he didn't have a reception at? Buffalo. Buffalo. You know, the, the last time that happened was a 38-14 loss at the Bills October 31st, 2004. The only game of his entire career that he didn't have a reception. Wow. So, a little side note. Uh, last two road games for Carson Palmer, by the way. Eight interceptions and one touchdown. Barf. Or, <laughs> as Peter Griffin might say... <laughs> 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 I think Chewbacca agrees. Uh, yeah, Chewbacca, Carson Palmer. <laughs> that sounded kind of pitiful, man. Yeah, angry pitiful. Chewbacca. Yeah, angry Chewbacca. Uh, Packers. We talked about Packers and Lions. Uh, I love seeing Rodgers in the pack rolling early, but man, defense gonna need some work on that. Uh, Marvin Jones, kudos to you. Uh, Seahawks stomping a mud hole in the 49ers. They got, got some garbage time points. It's good to see uh, Jimmy Graham is actually alive off the of milk carton, which means since I picked him back up this week, he will uh, proceed to give me zero inter- zero receptions for no yards. Uh, of course, since Gronkowski, I wasted a first-round pick on him in my fantasy draft. Thank you, New England Patriots, for effing me. Yet every year, the Patriots <laughs> eff me. If it's, not a run- if it's not a freaking running back, it's freaking Gronkowski. Thanks for that. Uh, Dolphins Brown, I just want to give kudos to Terrell Pryor. The Dolphins won this game in OT. Not that it was uh, one that everybody was, uh, you know, hanging, you know, hanging by the, you know, seat of their pants to see the end of it. But 
Uh, I was. I picked them in survival. There you go. Uh, Pryor became the first Browns player since 1977 to have multiple receptions, rushes, and passes in the same game. Uh, He obviously is primarily a receiver at this point in his career, but he did take some snaps. He finished with eight catches for 144 yards. He also had 35 passing yards and 25 rushing yards. He even played safety at one point in that game. All over the place. Uh, Also, kudos to the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott. I mean, it's the Bears. I mean, it's kind of like stealing a box of cookies from a Girl Scout. So, I mean, you know, (laughs) it's it's not, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not that big of a deal, right? But I mean, they they played well. So, uh, we'll see what's up with Des Bryant and this fracture hairline. I I don't know. There's like random things going on about that whole deal. But uh, that breast kind of, you know, I like what they've done. I like how he's played. I don't know how much of an issue they have when Romo is healthy, but I do know they've bought themselves time. Well, and one quick side note on Dez, he's going to get fined because he decided to skip out on his MRI. Well, you know, Idiot. hey, it's when you need, like, Marshawn Lynch. I just got scanned so I don't get fined. I mean, just do it, bro. Just <laughs> just do it. Um, by the way, I know that uh, I made the right choice picking up Carson Wentz because there was an uh, article from Skip Bayless talking about how Dak Prescott is way better than Carson Wentz. I said, oh, yep, goodness. I made the right choice. <laughs> yes, you did. <laughs> made the right choice. So, anyway, well, that's about it, man. Um, and unless anybody else has a what I learned this week, I think we've covered our territory uh, for tonight, and we're going to wrap up and get the heck out of Cha. I've got one other, like, rando thing that I'll play for y'all. But does anybody have a what I learned this week in football or sports or whatever? I have one last thing in terms of football this week. Okay, what you got for me, I learned ready? that the Packers don't know how to step on someone's throat and actually finish off a team. Yeah, that was that was not so uh, good. The, watching that offense just absolutely explode in the first half and then coast the rest of the way. I'm going, really? You're just going to let invite Detroit to attempt the comeback? Fair enough. Clearly, the Packers need some lessons from the kicking net that tried to decapitate Odell <laughs> Beckham Jr. About how you finish him. Finish. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That's for you, Mark. I can't believe you're still talking about Odell Beckham in that net, man. Whatever, dude. Oh, oh I heard that he got even he's wor- even worse in the locker room after the game. Oh, uh, who knows? He, he can be... Uh, Beckham can be a bit dramatical. Again, it, it's about channeling it. It's about channeling it. As long as he can rein that in and channel it the right way, it's all manageable. But you don't want to let it get the best of you and have that cost you on field or... With a, with a call or any of that. You don't want that. You don't want that. Uh, I was curious if the Odell Beckham crying face would get really memefied. It looks like that it hasn't super happened yet, but uh, we'll give it some more time. You never know. Oh, oh, I said I had one more thing for you. Okay, my bad. I totally forgot. Uh, a, we were talking about the Patriots earlier in the uh, podcast. Okay. And then I have one fantasy reference for Whitfield. But um, let me tell you what, man. Given the way the Patriots season has gone, wouldn't it be par for the course if Edelman was a quarterback. <laughs> and, I mean, would it be? I mean, and come they on, won. Dude. Yeah. It would, only, it would be extra awesome if I was playing Whitfield and I got quarterback points out of the wide receiver position. That'd be pretty <laughs> sweet. But one of my favorite parts this week, I guess getting a win makes Rex Ryan go full Rex Ryan mode. And if you didn't see it, there was a, uh, a bit where uh, – Rex Ryan pretended to be a reporter to ask Julian Edelman if he'd be playing quarterback. Did you guys hear this? Yeah, I I did. I just thought it was fantastic. 
It's hilarious. So, yeah, here you go. <laughs> Julian, this is uh, Walt Patalski from the Buffalo News. Uh, are you playing quarterback this week? Huh? Are you playing quarterback this week? <laughs> well, I'm going to do whatever the coach is asking me to do. So, if they ask me to go out and, and give a, a glass of water to you know, someone on the, on the sideline, uh, I'm going to do that yeah, I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick's going to ask Julian Edelman just to hydrate people. Hey, go be the water boy. Let me tell you, of all the things I'm pretty positive are going to happen, that's about zero on the totem pole of possibilities. Okay? Edelman's going to be out there. H2O. Yeah, Edelman's going to be out, be out there footballing. Okay, that's what's going to be happening. He's not going to be fetching water for people. Get out of my face with that. But Rex Ryan dropping in on a conference. Oh, Rexy. Dude, that's so Rex Ryan. And you know, he had, they had to have the win, man. That dude's laughing and goofing around. You know, I bet that guy, I bet the Ryan brothers are so much damn fun to drink beer with. Are you freaking kidding me? And if, if you could knock a couple years off them, I bet they would be like elbow dropping tables and people like those Buffalo fans do in the parking lot. <laughs> okay. That was funny. This is, uh, Walt Patalski from the Buffalo News. Uh, are you playing quarterback this week? I love that, man. I love that. Kudos to you, Rex Ryan. I tell you what, I'm not saying you're a good coach, but you sure as hell are memorable as anything, man. <laughs> I'm glad you're not coaching the Redskins. Don't get me wrong, but I'm glad you're coaching in the NFL. <laughs> it's good stuff. Good stuff. All right, well, I'll tell you what, man. Let's get out of here. Good to catch up on a Wednesday. I'll go and get this thing turned around to manana. Uh, LSU, good luck with that. It's a bold move, Cotton. <laughs> it's a bold move, man. Bold, it's move. bold move. I did yeah. see they, they had a thing where they talked about the coaches LSU wanted. I, we talked about it, but again, Nick Saban, Urban Meyer, and Fisher. And I mean, y'all are, y'all are, put the pipe down, bro. It's called the strikeout. Yeah, just put the pipe down. <laughs> All right, put the pipe down, man. I, you, what do you, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Uh, that's a Sam Jackson uh, quote coming up out. What's like the, to the boosters? To the boosters. <laughs> Get the fuck out my face with that shit. There you go. Look, I ain't threatening you or nothing, all right? You know I respect you and all. But just don't put me in this position, all right? Get the fuck out my face with that shit. There it is. <laughs> That's it. There it is. There it is. Anyway. All right, I'll tell you what, man. Let's get out of here. I am the captain with the Sports Brew, as always. Thanks for uh, chiming in, listening, all that good stuff. Uh, I think we left some fantasy stuff on the table, but that's life. Obviously, uh, if you had certain people, your season's probably ruined. AP is one of them. Ha ha. Uh, he's gotten a few golden Tate. Hadn't done a lot. Jeremy Langford, way to go, guy. Andrew Luck, I think. I don't know. That, that season's not done. Todd Gurley hasn't lived up to stuff. Uh, Gary Barnage, you're in Cleveland. What do you want? Randall Cobb, I think Matt's living that one. Uh, but injuries are always part of the, you know, look, they, they matter in the real world. They matter in fantasy, man. So uh, try to survive with your fantasy teams. Your pick them and your survivor. Don't go like I did and go, you know, survival death pool death in the first two weeks. That's impressive in its own fail-tacular way. But anyway, we're the Sports Brown, the captain. We will catch on the flip side. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. And until next time, friends, enjoy the football. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy life, man. Enjoy life. Go out there and live that shit. Good night, everybody. Good night. Cheers and beers. Have fun, Mark. Have fun in Vegas, bro. Tear it Don't, down, baby. Tear no, it down. No meth, no powdered alcohol, and keep <laughs> your genitals intact. Ah.
and no one ply toilet paper. Blend. Double ply, Mark. Double ply, double. double ply the TP. All right, nothing in the stink. Uh, other than your hairdo, which kind of looks <laughs> looks looks like looks like a a, a bad taint on a. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I guess I, that's not very nice to be like his haircut looks like Ryan a, Fitzpatrick agrees. Actually, you know, Mark's head looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick's taint. Yeah, hairy taint. His hairy my, Mark's head looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick's hairy bearded taint. There you go. What is wow. your name? Harry Taint. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awful if somebody's last name was actually Taint? Or 70s uh, Bush Vagina from uh, Playboy. How do we go from Harry Taint to your name is 70s Bush Vagina? There's a reason they call him the fail horn. Chewy. Holy cow! That was so Arnold. good, Field. Arnold, you want an Arnold? Yes, I want some Arnold. Okay. Stop it! You no, I'm not son of a bitch! I'm a cop, you idiot! You lack discipline! No, you idiot! Who is your daddy, and what does he do? I don't know. <laughs> I like how for Whitfield, all of a sudden, I have ten minutes of the Price is Right losing horn. I did not pick that. It just started playing on YouTube. <laughs> That's pretty Ten freaky. minutes or ten hours? T ten minutes. I don't think you can make a ten-hour video on YouTube. I don't think so. Anyway. All right. Enough of that. We're the Sports Brew. We'll catch you on the flip side, y'all. Good, good night now. Peace. <laughs> Anger. All right. On that note, we will catch you later.